welcome in. Happy Monday. It is the Justin Kinner Show live here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash. Hope you all had a great weekend. Kev, happy Monday. Good Monday, man. Um, How are you? I'm fine. I'm here. I'm alive. You sure? Oh, I'm definitely here. I'm definitely alive. I pinched myself 85 times coming home, just making sure. Okay. Is, is there anything you want to share with the listening audience? Yes. Last week was a huge week. It was a huge week in my life because the Browns beat <laughs> the Bengals. Ooh, what happened a week before that? The Browns lost to the Ravens. Oh, okay. I was just making but sure. But Ravens better than Browns, but Browns are definitely better than the Bengals. And I don't care. I really don't care about anything else. <laughs> no, I enjoyed last week off. I got to experience my first hurricane. But I also got engaged. Hey! I got engaged. Congratulations, Absolutely. man. Eight years, Nor and I have been together, and I was able to propose to her on the beach, a proposal that I did not think was going to happen last week because Hurricane Sally decided to be, well, the opposite of a Sally. I mean, she was a little ferocious. Okay. A, little, a little ferocious. Now, we're the idiot. Now, keep in mind, like, I am... You know, when it comes to hurricanes, I've never respected hurricanes and people who have been impacted by them because I'm like, they always give you a warning to leave. I've always said, oh, leave. It's a hurricane. They're telling you to leave. If you stay, that's on you. Well, I'll never, ever, ever judge people again because we're the idiots that decided to not only stay, but to literally drive on into the island knowing, hey, driving into a hurricane. Actually, that's not completely true. We thought we were driving into a tropical storm. We would just be kind of hunkered down inside for a few days, enjoy some drinks, play some cards, enjoy company, in which we did all those things. We just did it with no power, uh, no water. Um, it was cool being able to recognize my friend's faces when we actually saw daylight, you know, because we were hunkered down. No, so this uh, Hurricane Sally was heading towards New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the storm started shifting and, you know, we were being told, hey, this weather's going to get kind of rough, kind of rough. But my phone kept saying it was a tropical storm. I'm like, we could tough out a tropical storm. Then we're like, oh, fans. I think mm -hmm. they, you know, but then they had this little chihuahua over in the corner that was chirping. Like, they knew they, they, knew they were going to deal with the, the pit bull in the Buckeyes. They knew that, okay? They, they were ready and prepared to deal with the German Shepherd pit bull, big ferocious dog being the Ohio State Buckeyes. What they did not anticipate was the little yapping chihuahua in the corner, which was Nebraska. Mm -hmm. I, uh, let's not act like the, the Big Ten didn't know what they were doing and giving them the most difficult schedule in the Big Ten. And let's also, also realize that, hey... When you're afraid of getting bit, you're a little bit nicer to that dog. You're trying to, you know, you don't put your hand directly out there. You kind of go timidly. You want to pet the dog. You want to give the dog some treats. <laughs> you want to make sure the dog's comfortable. The Buckeyes are the big dog. You don't mm -hmm. want, you want to make them comfortable. You want to make them feel at home that, hey, you know, it's a little rough right now, but hey, we're going to, we're going to pat you on the head. We're going to give you some treats. Everything's going to be okay. And they literally gave the Buckeyes some treats, some more <laughs> snacks. Well, eight-week preseason, getting them ready for that college football playoff. They did a lot of talking. You don't make the playoff, you were pampered. You were taken care of, and there's nothing wrong with that. They deserve it. I'm not saying they're, they better not lose a game. Buckeyes, you no, better no, not no, lose no, a game. No, no, scratch that, scratch that. I said it on this show. If the Big Ten comes back, it is all done for the Buckeyes. I demand a national championship. I'm not expecting. I demand a national championship. All the hemming and hawing, all the we're going to sue you, uh, all the movement and everything like that from so many players on the team, protests from the parents, guys entering the draft, 
coming back. I respect you guys. I love you guys. I'm going to be rooting for you guys every Saturday for sure. But you have to win the championship because this is all done in your favor. Everything is in your favor. You only got got to play an eight-game regular season schedule. Other conferences are playing more games. Uh, you got a cupcake schedule outside of two opponents, uh, that being um, Penn State and that team up north. You better win a national championship, not just a conference championship. I'm I'm on my Justin Kenner today. Because uh, uh, I'm big, tired. It's tough to be <laughs> Justin Kenner every day. Uh, uh, a Big Ten championship won't suffice. A trip to the playoffs won't suffice. A trip to the national championship game won't suffice. Only thing that matters is a national championship this season. Period. Point blank. I'm not having anything else from a national championship from the Buckeyes. Sean Wade course comes back my only problem with that is the timing of when he opted out that made zero sense to me i was a little irritated with that uh, i always support players when they opt out like I, that doesn't bother me you have that right to do so um but i feel like that was done for attention that's my view on it that was strictly done for attention like you fought that hard to get a season back and all the rumors started heating up saying hey in the next couple days we're announcing that we're coming back and you prematurely t- you opt out and then not only do you come back, which I'm fine with as well, but not only do you come back, but then you hold this little special on ESPN2, like you're LeBron James, the decision. You're taking your talents back to Columbus where you never left to begin with. That was annoying. That irritated me. I'm glad he's back, but give me a break. What was that? That, that was it that is was something, It is something that we all know it's about. It's always about recruiting. It is always about recruiting and putting your star players on TV as much as humanly possible. That was that was partly, partially a recruiting tactic to make the announcement that he's coming back to Ohio State because for who for 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 the school for the school. You so think coach, that so he's know? a coach now, huh? So you don't think that helps Ohio State in recruiting? That but they're, I think he's guy? a selfish individual who was not thinking about Ohio State at that time. I don't think it's selfish. I think it's helping the team out, and I also believe that with all the rumors that. We've had rumors that the season was going to start before. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a million rumors going around. We had uh, we had Joe Paterno's son on, and he was talking about so many rumors. Everybody's got a source. So at that point, you got to have a line in the sand. Maybe him and his family had a line in the sand, a, a, a date to say, all right, if we're not back or we're not hearing what we need to hear by this date, we got to go ahead and move forward and turn pro and start getting ready for the pros and everything like that. And that day came that he made his decision. Then two days later, the Big Ten, as we all know, shoot, we saw it with the schedule. They dropped the schedule on a Thursday, canceled the rest of the season on a Saturday. Like, this stuff is moving fast. So you got to be able to adjust. And Sean Wade, he adjusted and decided to come back. Wyatt Davis adjusted and decided to come back. Uh, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, he's trying to come back. So a lot of guys are trying to come back. Uh, I don't know if that's the smartest thing to do in the world, but, hey, come on back and win us a national championship. Win yourself a national championship. Put the Buckeyes on the map in the college football playoff again. I demand a national championship. And, by the way, their past, the path to get there is there. I mean, let's be honest. You know, the schedule for one, Ohio State. And by the way, we are Dayton's home of the Ohio State Buckeyes, and you can catch every oh, Buckeyes yeah. game right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, Ohio State kicks off the season at home against Nebraska. By the way, Nebraska, I'm telling you right now, there's no coincidence at all. And, and look, this isn't me. There's nothing. And someone said you're stirring the pot with the Nebraska. What pot am I 
stirring. That's not even a. I'm not. If I'm going to stir pot, I'm not going to waste my time with Nebraska. Let's just be clear. I'm pointing out that if you really look at the two teams that chirped the most, one team had a lot of weight, and the other team was Nebraska. Okay, the Buckeyes got the easiest schedule in the Big Ten, and Nebraska, who was coincidentally enough the other one chirping and threatening with lawsuits, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that the Big Ten threw them a gauntlet. Six of their eight opponents, all preseason top twenty-five. I'm fine with that. I, I, well, I, I, well, hold on. That's not fair because they're playing everybody from their side of the Big Ten, from mm-hmm. the Big Ten West. But the crossover game. The crossover game is Ohio State, and the other crossover game is Penn State. So with that argument, you are justified to say, all right, you got basically and, and the best was, two teams in the conference. Yeah, you got to go play them too. So, okay, I can dig what you're saying there. I want to look at Iowa's schedule just to – take a peek because you're not an iowa fan no i'm not an iowa fan but they were the third best team in the american conference baby i remember (laughs) that day (laughs) okay uh they're the third guy that was chirping in this uh making a big stink so let's see who are their crossover opponents their crossover opponent is penn state and michigan state no buckeyes no buckeyes okay i mean maybe 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 the big 10 said all right hey Go ahead and play Penn State and play the Buckeyes. Have fun with that. And by the way, I'm not mad. And people are thinking, like, uh, I'm, and you're upset that they gave them an easy schedule. Oh, I'm, not, I'm definitely not upset. It's actually good business. Like, you are the the Big Ten's already going to be behind the eight ball. There could be a scenario where maybe the college football playoff doesn't respect the Big Ten as much just because of all the chaos that's been going on. And you can, whether it's right or wrong, I do believe that it's going to play a factor in these teams getting some respect. I think that what Ohio State has going for them is that we already knew they were going to be a playoff and slash national championship contender coming into the season, whether the season started in September 1st, October, November, December, or February of 2021 first. It don't matter. We knew the Buckeyes were going to be contenders. Um, but Ohio, the Big Ten protecting the Buckeyes' schedule, I don't know why people are getting so annoyed and trying to say that they did not protect the Yes, they did, and they should. You, this is a weird season. you got to you got to align your chips properly, and that's that's what the Big Ten did. I have no problem with it. Again, Ohio State's schedule, October 24th, they open up at home against Nebraska. Week 2 at Penn State on October 31st. November 7th, they'll be at home against Rutgers. They'll be on the road at Maryland on November 14th. Indiana on the 21st of November at Illinois on the 28th. Keep in mind, the Ohio State at Illinois game was originally slated for their second schedule that was built to you know, you know, know, to basically accommodate the Big Ten-only schedule that the, the Big Ten was originally going with. Um, you know, the second time around. And then in December, on December 5th, they'll be at Michigan State. And then, of course, your traditional last game of the season, whether it's a 12-game season or this time an uh, eight-game season, it'll be Ohio State at home against that team up north. So you get that that typical matchup in the last game of the season. It won't be Thanksgiving Day weekend, of course. My thing is this. I've been off for a week, so I haven't been able to find this. Have they announced that they are going to push back the college football playoff announcement? Because have, have the Buckeyes avoided that disaster here, where December fifth, that first Saturday in December is well, always everybody's pushed well. That back. first December is usually the Big Ten championship, right? But everybody's pushed back. So when is the when SEC is also like that's the same date. So they line up with everyone else. Yeah. I'm asking. Like, I, I yeah. don't know. That's why I'm yeah. sure. so that doesn't impact. So the college football playoff, the date they have on their website, they haven't updated it. Right. Uh, because as of right now, that next Saturday, the 12th, which is the date that Ohio State plays Michigan. And to be fair, they probably could do. You know, we see it in basketball all the time when they do the selection Sunday show. They'll do the selection Sunday show on the same day that conference championships yeah. are being finished. I wouldn't be surprised at all. And again, if there's a date out there for the playoff selection show, please tell me. I just haven't been able to find it on the website. They still have the original one. It might be the 12th still. 
like Ohio State could play Michigan that day at noon, and you know they still could. Well, and again, no conference championships. So that December twelfth, Ohio State, Michigan. Right after all those games wrap up that day, the committee could put out a poll later that night, or they'll do it on that Sunday. They usually do it the Sunday. So we'll see. Um, but this bodes well for Ohio State. If they don't make the playoff, Kev, this year, it's on them. It's on nobody else. It's not going to be on officials making calls in the third quarter that somehow decide a game with still a quarter and a half to go. Uh, you know, It's not going to be on officials. It's not going to be on no fans being there. It's not going to be on Kevin Warren. It's not going to be on Kevin Warren's son playing in the SEC. Um, it is strictly going to be on Ohio State if they do not make the college football playoff. Um, do, 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 Steve Stetler says, uh, come on, man, I will take that bet any amounts. Steve, let me know. What, what bet are we talking? I'm just curious. I'm um, catching up here. We're live on Facebook, by the way. It's the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash live here on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. Listen, stream, and watch. You can listen at 1410 Wing AM. Stream us at wingam.com and watch us on Facebook. Search The Justin Kinner Show and follow along. Uh, Travco, um, he says, December 12th is the day that the Buckeyes fall. Michigan has never lost to Ohio State in December, ever. (laughs) It's your year, man. (laughs) The stats are on Michigan's side. They have never lost to Michigan or Ohio State in December. Yeah, there so it is. That. The uh, SEC championship game is set for December 19th as well. Oh, so that's so okay. Same. So everybody, fault, fault. everybody's lines up on that December 19th date for their championship game. Yeah. All right. Billy Wright comes in to save the day. It's the Sunday after the Big Ten championship. So perfect. We're learning as we go here. Uh, Billy uh, Billy Wright also says, preach Kev Nash, national championship or bust. Absolutely. I think it, I mean, and by the way, let's just pretend that COVID didn't exist and the season kicked off on time. It was a national championship or bust. Anyways, like, I do believe that the Buckeyes are a team, and I believe Alabama and Clemson are the same. The three teams, there's only three teams in all of college football that should have a championship or bust mentality. Not, well, we just hope to make the playoffs. That's an Oklahoma hope. Right. If you're Oklahoma, if you're Georgia, if you're some of those teams, those fringe teams, those teams that are they're above the above average teams, the but they're below the elite. Yeah, that, that, those are the teams that like LSU last year. Actually, they turned into an elite team as the season went on when they realized when Joe Burrow really came onto the scene a couple weeks in the season when they realized, oh, man, we have a player here like this isn't just a good quarterback. This is an all time great quarterback at the college level. They kind of got moved into that championship or bust mentality. But let's be clear. LSU wasn't the favorite heading into the, the right. playoff last year. Clemson was, and Ohio State was second. So, and then LSU, and then Oklahoma. Those were the that was the rank of the teams as far as your favorites to win it all. So it's going to be interesting how that goes. But Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson all have that championship or bust. To be fair, though, I think there's only two teams this year that have a championship or bust expectation. That's Clemson. Third-year quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, who's you know figured right now to be the number one overall pick next year, possibly to teams who already have their quarterbacks, the Jets. I'm you know right now it's looking like a mess for them. We'll get into that coming up here in a bit when we get to our NFL segment. Um, but holy smokes, man! So and Justin Fields, coincidentally, the two best quarterbacks, the two biggest stars in college football this year, are Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, and I think they're on a you know head-on collision to that national title game. We've seen them meet up in big bowl games, mm-hmm. Ohio State-Clemson. We've seen them meet up in the college football playoff. All right, Now it's time for Ohio State to put the 0-4 record or 0-5, whatever it is, behind them and meet Clemson to that national championship game. I could think of no bigger way for college football to end this crazy chaotic season than with Trevor Lawrence and Clemson going up against Justin Fields and Ohio State. And it has to be, you know, those two teams have to be one and two to really set that up. But, I, man, this it's great. It's great for college football. I'm not going to lie. 
like over the weekend too, there were some college football games. It just, I'm sorry. You can go to do the Miami, uh, you can do the Miami Louisville game. You can try to find the cute little big games of what you have. It just doesn't feel right, and it's not because no fans are there. It's just because we know, okay, you wouldn't be wasting Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit. You wouldn't be wasting your time with this game of 17 versus 15 or whatever the rate rankings were this past weekend. We all know that the games every Saturday for game day are Alabama, the LSU's, the Georgias, the Notre Dames, the Clemson's, the Ohio State's. Now, everyone's playing with the full deck, and that's what I'm excited about here in Phoenix. I'm super excited, man. You know, there's rumblings that uh, one of my favorite conferences in the world, the MAC, may be coming back. Um, also, rumblings that the Pac-12 may be coming back, and it's all about testing and them doing the heart monitoring and everything like that. Something I found very interesting when I was reading the everything that came out from the Big Ten, three weeks. You're out three weeks if you test positive for COVID-19. You know what that's going to lead to? Lies, cover-ups. That's three weeks. Three weeks, but it's done. It's done by um, an independent. Yeah, and no, and that's fine. And look, they, their back was against the wall. They were, they, like baseball. It's and again, they could be more lenient with professional athletes than mm-hmm. they can here. I get that it's different, but I'm telling you right now, you think teams are sneaky with covering up little ankle injury? Like this is going to be worse. This is going to be worse. You're going to have cover-ups. You're going to. I, but you're right, though. It's hard to cover up stuff with third-party stuff. You, you're how right. Can you cover that's, it up? That's true. But I, I Trust me, they'll find a way, though. <laughs> they'll find a way. Where there was a will, there's a way. We already saw the first coach test positive for COVID-19. Mike Norvell from uh, Florida State tested positive for COVID-19. He's not going to be able to coach on Saturday. He's coaching via Zoom throughout the week, so that's weird. But 21 days if you test positive for COVID-19. And something else I want to say. If a player from your favorite team tests positive for COVID-19, that doesn't mean he was out at the club or out partying or out being negligent and just being a teenager or being a college person. You know, this virus is very catchy. You can catch it at the gas station. You can catch it from wherever. So if your favorite team player catches COVID-19, please don't destroy him and say he's he was being irresponsible he blew our chances at a national championship because he was selfish like this is still a virus that we're learning so much about and i do believe that ohio state and a lot of other schools are doing their very best especially the athletes to be controlled environment and stay in the house and practice home practice game home especially the buckeyes they they're the ones with everything to lose here all right, this is the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash right here on 1410 ESPN Radio, 457-9464. That's the number you can call in to join in on the conversation. But we're live on Facebook. Leave your questions, comments, and contributions to the show in the comments section. Search the Justin Kenner Show on Facebook. We'll talk more Ohio State college football coming up around the corner real quick. We're circulating that there were rumors about that type of thing happening. And by the way, where there's smoke, there's always fire. I'm not going to sit here and act like that. those rumors didn't have some truth to them. Ron Howard says, how about the NFL? No positive tests so far. They did have one. Um, do you know which player that was? Adam know. Schefter talked about that in the pregame on, uh, yesterday before NFL's Week 2 kickoff. So, All right, we got plenty more to get into. The Reds decided to be a, a real baseball team and make it interesting in the final couple weeks of the season. In your face, Absolutely. After sweeping the Pirates, 
Reds. They took two or three from the best team in the American League. Hey, White Sox, Reds, maybe a little World Series preview. Who knows? It's been a crazy year. How about a crazy finish? The Reds in action tonight. They got the Brewers. We'll talk about that matchup coming up around the corner. How good is this Reds team, and are they for real? We'll get to that coming up around the corner. Joe Burrow versus Baker Mayfield. Browns, Bengals, we'll get to that matchup. We're only, what, four or five days removed from that game. But, hey, I was off. I want to make sure we get to talk about it. Lots of crazy happenings around the NFL as well. We'll be back in a moment. Head to the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook. Give it a follow. Give it a like. Give us a comment. Or give us a call at 457-9464. We'll be back in a moment. It's me again to let you know that we've just unloaded a semi-load of fresh new landscape plants of all types. We have nice dwarf Alberta spruce, mugo pines, taxus, pyramid arborvita for privacy hedge, lots of nice boxwoods, magnolias, white pines, dwarf blue spruce, topiary shrubs, fat Albert blue spruce, and dwarf Japanese red maples, and dozens of other varieties of shrubs. We also have thousands of shade trees, flowering trees, and fruit trees, and weeping trees. One of the most popular trees is the Cleveland Select Flowering Pear, which blooms in the spring with nice white blossoms. Every yard should... everybody we are back on a monday i hope everyone had a great weekend and uh, we're off and rolling in the nfl season speaking of that after tonight's monday night football matchup will offend I, I refuse to even entertain that unless i'm bitching about it i can complain about it if i'm complaining about something we could talk about it that's just my rule oh okay because i wrote that time mark down where you were what? talking about is early as only week two but like I'm, i don't think that's a hot take like come on week, week two there's still 14 games absolutely left. I mean, anything can happen. I mean, we saw with injuries over the weekend to some big-time guys in the league. They're going to be out for the season. So anything can happen. Uh, Nick Bosa uh, is moving back to San Diego. Um, (laughs) Not want to make light of his injury. That's actually unfortunate. Anyone who gets injured like that... um, Anyone who gets injured like that and is missing, for one, anytime you have a season-ending injury, that's horrible whether there's one game left or it's in a playoff game or whether it's week one. To me, I just think it's always worse, like in weeks one, two, and three. It's like you work so hard in the offseason. You finally get to the games that matter, and it's like, man, your whole season's just taken away from like that. You know, Bosa's had some injury histories in the past. Not all of these are always related, though. It's what's strange about that as far as uh, as that goes. Um, But, man, you know. Do you have a back thing as well? Yeah. Joey. No, it wasn't a back thing. I think it was Joey. Okay. Joey had the back. Okay. Joey B. Joey B. Uh, But no, nonetheless, I mean, that's unfortunate. A lot of big names went out yesterday. How about Saquon Barkley? You know, it's funny. I was listening to some sports radio uh, shows out of New York, and they were saying, look, everyone bashed OBJ because of all the games that he missed. On how he was injury prone, but he's actually he's play, since leaving. Uh, if you combine all the wide receivers on the current roster for the Giants and Saquon Barkley, you combine all the games played by since his departure. You combine all the wide receivers' total games played with Saquon Barkley's since OBJ's departure. OBJ has played more games than all of them. <laughs> mm. And by the way, he played all 16 games for the Browns last year, and he's played the first two. Technically, only one. He didn't really show up in week one. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, 18 games OBJ has played in and started in, and that is more than all of the combined total starts for the current wide receivers on that roster with Daniel Jones right now and Saquon Barkley. Um, 
You know, I I remember being adamant that year that the Browns needed to take Saquon Barkley, and I'm glad that they. Uh, I like Saquon Barkley too, and he's healthy. He's a hell of a talent. Um, but that injury thing, man, I'm telling you, telling you, like that, that's been brutal for the Giants. Daniel Jones doesn't look terrible, um, but the New York teams are garbage. Horrible. Uh, the New York teams are garbage. And, you know, people could rip the Browns all you want about what they've done with Baker Mayfield. Actually, they haven't done anything wrong with Baker Mayfield. They've actually, Jets fans should be jealous of the job that the Browns have done with Baker Mayfield. Now, I know that Baker hasn't necessarily been, you know, top notch. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to make excuses, but that's on him. Because it's not on the Browns, Kevin. When they load you up with wide receivers, when they load you up with an offensive line, when they load you up with running backs and, and talent and tight ends, and they load you, that's on him. Sam Darnold isn't getting any of that. Now, right. I thought the Jets were at least making a you know an honest effort. Of course, they go out and they get Le'Veon Bell. Of course, you're familiar with Le'Veon Bell. You know Absolutely. they go and get Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and I thought, man, okay, they're doing what a lot of these teams are doing. They're providing weapons for their young quarterbacks, but. Uh, They've taken a major step back, a major step back, and I think that should be uh, a concern and something to keep you know an eye on moving forward as far as that goes. I saw I already saw a meme today that the, the Jets and Trevor Lawrence, that the <laughs> Jets could be lining up for that. But you know, we talked about we were ripping the Bengals or me, uh, the Bengals organization saying, hey, you know, that's an organization that if you're a top quarterback in college, you don't want to end up at. Right. By the way, two games in, I'm looking like I'm spot on on that, by the way. But we'll get into that coming up in a moment. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't want to go to any of the New York teams right now. And by, I think the Giants are okay. I still think, you know, that the Jets have it. Sam Darnold's a good quarterback, but they haven't put him in position to succeed at all. You know, if Baker fails in Cleveland, that's on Baker. If Sam yeah. Darnold fails with the Jets... That's on the Jets, unfortunately. And I don't know if he'll be able to recover. We've already seen one quarterback from that draft class already kind of, you know, flail out, and that was Josh Rosen. Mm -hmm. um, Lamar Jackson, who really wasn't at the time looked at as a part of that core quarterback. You know, he wasn't looked at as the immediate core of quarterbacks that came out of that draft class. You had Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Those were the guys that everyone was keeping an eye on. Um, you know, Josh Rosen. He's no longer a part of that conversation. Lamar Jackson not only moved himself into the conversation, he is the face of that draft class as far as quarterbacks are concerned. And then you have Josh Allen, who has quietly been the second most impressive quarterback of that bunch. And you know me, I love Baker Mayfield. But Josh Allen has continued to improve every week, mm -hmm. every season. He is the only one that has not taken a step back, him and Lamar. Like Baker took a step back last year. He's taking steps forward this year. I'm going see. He's easily. So this is the thing for the Browns. They've had the arguably the best team in football in week one, and then they arguably played the worst team in football no, in week two. No, I ain't two. no argument. Jets is the worst team. Okay, so really we're By talking... By a mile. Tallest short person, then, is what we're talking By about between the, between the Bengals and the uh, the Jets as far as that's concerned. How bad do you think the Bengals really are? I think they're really bad considering the fact that they're trying. The Jets didn't even try this offseason to load up that roster. That's why the Jets are... I mean, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. The Jets didn't even try to reconstruct that roster. Like, the Bengals look bad, and they spent $150, $160 million. The Bengals beat not only the Jets, but they beat the Giants as well. The Giants and the, the New York football teams are horrible. The Bengals are just bad. But I'm not convinced that the Bengals are that much better than those other two teams. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, maybe because I watched the game where a Saquon Barkley uh, ran for six yards on 15 carries, and his longest run was seven yards. So your long run <laughs> was more than you had a whole total, the entire game on the ground. Like, they shut him down. And, unfortunately, obviously, he got hurt this past week. And uh, I was watching some of the Jets game yesterday. I mean, out the gate, 
the very first play out the gate is an 80-yard run. And you're like, all right, man, that's an anomaly. Then they had another, like, 55-yard run. Like, the Jets are a train wreck. Like, I, I think it's without a doubt that it's the Jets, Giants, and Lions are the three worst teams in the NFL. Uh, oh, oh, the Lions, too? Absolutely. Oh, the Bengals, and by the way, Bengals fans, get your panties out of a wad. I'm not saying they're the worst <laughs> team in football. I said they're right there with the group of the worst teams in football. I don't. I mean, if we're talking, I mean, so Bengals fans, you want to, and again, here it comes. You want to start arguing. The Bengals are way better than those teams. Okay, cool. You're making that argument. What did you just win? What did you just win? We're better than the Jets. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Rutgers is better than the Jets. So what are you really trying to, to win? <laughs> what are you trying to win in this argument, Bengals fans, as far as that's concerned? The reason that I believe the Bengals should be more concerned than those other ones is because the Bengals tried. They spent it against week two. The Bengals can come out and kick ass in week three. And they really didn't look they that I mean, they looked okay against the Browns. The Browns defense is bad too. I'm not the, I'm not painting the Browns to be this fantastic team. I still think, you know, I picked them to win twelve games. I'm gonna stick with it. But uh that defense is ugly. That defense is why the Browns will not win twelve games. That defense is why they won't win nine games. Um and the other reason they won't win Thirteen games is because <laughs> they don't play the Bengals thirteen more times. So that you know everything else is a toss up as far as that's concerned. Uh, but no, we'll get dive. I don't even know how we were starting this anyways to begin with. But which, by the way, week three uh, kicks off this week after tonight's Monday Night Football matchup, which we'll talk about in a moment. Make sure you head to wingam.com and submit your picks. I'm furious. I tried to submit my picks on Sunday or on Saturday. And Saturday, I thought I had them submitted, but our Wi-Fi was a little funky, I guess, because I thought I hit uh, submit. I thought I hit send. It didn't do anything. And ever, so I'm angry. Already week two, and I'm already behind 16 games, uh, everybody else, as far as that. So I'm frustrated. I'm fr- but the, the good thing is is that it's not about totals from week to week. It's about how many you get that week. So mm-hmm. head to wingam.com. Click on the NFL Pro, uh, Pro Football Pick'em Challenge presented by Frickers. $25 in Frickers Fun Bucks to the weekly winners. We'll be contacting uh, the winners from week one and two tomorrow off last week, catching up on the winners coming up tomorrow. So make sure uh, keep an eye on where you fall within those standings. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about that Browns and Bengals game and some of the takeaways from it. Again, we're days removed from it, but this is the first time I've been back since those two teams squared off on Thursday night football, and I'm excited to hear people's takeaways. By the way, it's exactly what I wanted. I wanted it to be Joe Burrow versus Baker Mayfield. And take away how good or bad you think the Browns are, take away how good or bad you think the Bengals are, Joe Burrow versus Baker Mayfield delivered. That's exactly what I wanted out of this rivalry moving forward, and uh, you're going to see a lot more of that. We'll talk Browns-Bengals next. Not so long ago, lots of things made people happy. I used to love going to the gym. I miss saying good morning to my coworkers. Today, there are still things that can make people happy. A beautiful bouquet of flowers will definitely make someone happy. First Florist and Greenhouses can help you make someone happy. Go to firsttheflorist.com, choose a bouquet, and they'll deliver it safely. Make someone happy with First Florist and Greenhouses. How about 
about this? I found this news interesting, Kevin, that uh, tonight Reese Davis and Kirk Herbstreit will host a megacast on ESPN2 at 8 p.m. for the Monday Night Football matchup between the Saints and the Raiders. Again, it'll be the first home game of the season for the Raiders, but the first home game for the Vegas Raiders, right. Las Vegas Raiders. Um, but uh, again, they t- you know, Kirk Herbstreit on Instagram says, you know, a ridiculous guest list that features Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, Kenny Chesney, Charles Barkley, Nick Saban, Dabo, uh, Pat McAfee. Legend. Look it. But if I'm the Monday Night Football crew, I'm like, stay away. <laughs> like they're not going to build if you keep putting something that's better than them. At least in the perception right now, I don't know how they can. Have you ever watched one of the Mega Cast? Yeah, they're they're fun. They're more loose. They're more light. But uh, I don't know. I've never watched any of the Mega Cast. They do it for like the national championship game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. and like the you know big games and everything like yeah. that. I just have zero interest in watching them. Um, I'm there to watch the game. I want to see the actual game. I'm not there to hear jokes and stuff like that. If, a, you know, Herb Street and Fowler make jokes during their games or there's jokes to be made during the actual Monday night game, I'm here for it. But I'm I'm not there to watch that. Like, in most of the time, all those megacast games, Ohio State's playing in those megacast games that involve the national championship game. So I definitely don't want to hear that at all. Like, you do the megacast. I just think this is like, a, you know, ESPN is using it one of their prime talents like Herb Street, you know, hey man, we paying you a lot of money, man. You you you're you're really not doing too much this season. Like these games are trash. Not going to be traveling all over the place. Can you do the, do us a solid to do this? That's that's how I view it. No, I I completely get that, but you also don't need to use them for that. Like I don't really to but be you, fair, I don't really look at Fowler and Herb Street as entertaining in that facet of it. Okay. They're just super good. They're really really good at what they do. And that's the problem I have with it as far as, like, okay, ESPN, you're running a risk of ignoring what the fans are wanting. The fans are screaming for these two to be calling the games now. That's why they should never have put them on that Monday Night Football doubleheader to begin with. It was cool. I mean, we see that the NBA does that. They'll do the crossover stuff where they'll have Jay Billis call an NBA game, and then they'll send Mark Jackson and some guys to go call some college games. That's cool. It works, but no one's as passionate about watching college basketball on ESPN. You know, it's a staple, college football is, as far as that's concerned. Um, So there's that. Maybe they're just trying to corner the market. Maybe... They know uh, if you don't like this crew, you'll be watching this crew on this channel. <laughs> yeah, giving them a little bit of that. But again, I found that interesting. I wouldn't be surprised like if you know you can't change the Monday Night Football crew again. But I do believe that they've kind of found themselves in an interesting scenario here. People want Fowler and Herb Street. They, I mean, they were very vocal about it on social media last week after that Monday Night Football game that they called. We'll see. And they didn't call the Steelers. Who was the first game? Who, what game? Yeah, they called, that's the game. It was, they the, the, Steelers, it was the first the Giants, one. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so they did a good job with that. As far as that's concerned. We talked about this. MRI confirms New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley has a torn ACL out for the season. Horrible. Nick Bosa, uh, he goes out yesterday. I mean, it was a big injury-riddled uh, week two as far as Sunday is concerned. So uh, I found that to be interesting. Now the question is, is this all because of, you know, no preseason? Look, we're two or three years removed from one of the worst injury-prone seasons in the history of the National Football League, and they played four preseason games that year. Kev, I don't know if that... I think the sloppy play that we've seen, that's more of a fallout from no preseason. I don't believe the injuries are because of no preseason. Um, you're working out... Like, if by saying that the, the injuries are higher because there's no preseason, that's like saying, okay, they were just sitting around for that month waiting for the season to start. You're playing just as hard in practice. I mean, I'm not saying the intensity is as high. You can't really 
rep, you know replicate that game like intensity. It's hard to do sometimes. But no, I don't believe that the injuries are high because there was no preseason. I believe the sloppy play is a direct result of no preseason. But no, I, I don't believe that. If that's the case, then why don't we see injuries like this in the high school level? Why don't injuries riddle the college football game? These are pro athletes, the top of their game. I have a hard time believing that the pro athletes who are the best athletes in the entire world can't handle no preseason games, but yet high school and college athletes can handle no preseason games without getting hurt left and right. So I don't look at it as that. I just think football's a physical sport is what it is. The lack of preseason is definitely affecting sloppy play. We, If you watch any of the college football for the last two weeks, you've seen some of the worst college football you've ever seen in your life. Like, these games are horrible. They're di- very difficult to watch. Penalties left to right. Not just, like, oh, holding and stuff like that. Dudes can't get lined up correctly. Like, it's, it's very difficult to watch. And in the pro game, the biggest casualty to no preseason is special teams. We're seeing a ton of missed kicks. We saw a terrible play, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later on, with the Cowboys and the Falcons with that onside kick. Like, people just not knowing the rules. Not You're not able to rep these things, and you get a lot of those special teams reps in preseason. Um, as far as injuries, I don't think these type of injuries we're talking about with Bosa and Saquon Barkley are necessarily to do with preseason or lack thereof preseason because these are knee injuries. If these were hamstring pulls, if these were groin pulls, if yep. these are muscle issues, I would say, yeah, this has everything to do with lack of preseason and not being ready to play, you know, ready to go. Like, yo, I'm about to go try to run as fast as humanly possible on this uh, fly route and I pull the hamstring. These injuries, especially the guys that got hurt playing in MetLife Stadium, I was reading an article about the field, like, you know, I know you like to make jokes about A.J. Green and what happened down here at Welcome Stadium, him messing up his legs or whatever, but that's what they're talking about. They're saying the field was slick, uh, that their cleats were catching on the turf, and Joey ended up getting hurt. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo ended up getting hurt, a knee injury as well. So those type of things, that's just football, and that's a bad field in MetLife Stadium potentially, but Hamstrings. They got to play there again this week too. Yeah, right. Like if they turn around and play the Giants now. I believe so. Yeah. So So those hamstrings and pull tweak muscles and stuff like that, I would blame that on the lack of preseason, but not these knee injuries. Yeah, and and I get, and let's be clear, we're only saying that the field conditions are bad because the top profile athletes are getting hurt. If the punter or the backup offensive lineman or the you know a linebacker who's going in just to give you know a guy a breather gets hurt, four four guys. Four I, guys from one team, all in the injury. I, I get That's it. not a coincidence. But it's football. I don't know. I get what you're saying. I'm not saying you're wrong. Right. I'm just saying I'm not ready. I'm just all not in one. the same game. I'm not. But then every <laughs> time you have a game where there's no one injured on the field, is that because the field conditions were good that game? Or I mean, I don't know. I'm just and, saying. And we look at you know. I learned is... from the Reds. Luck plays a role in everything. <laughs> they just have bad luck. It's not because the field, it's just bad luck. And we brought this up before about the uh, Philadelphia Eagles old stadium where, you know, guys were oh, blowing out their knees. how that yeah. goes. Yeah. Guys blowing out their knees left to right. Michael Irvin's, his situation there, hitting his head on the turf, basically paralyzing himself for a second. Like, turf plays a factor in these games, man. So I wish all the guys that got injured this weekend the best of luck and recovery, you know, because keep it real, man, they're out here, yeah, because it's their job, but, yo, Part of this is for our entertainment value. So, you know, I salute those guys out there, man. 
All right, Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Uh, before we close our hour one, Kev, this question comes in from Keith Tolliver. Keith says, uh, how many coaches are on the hot seat besides the special teams coach for the Falcons right now? Um, I think that uh, that's a good question. I mean, I, uh, by the way, the Jets coach, I mean, he's he's on the hot seat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's on the hot seat. Uh, Zach Taylor, not on the hot seat yet. Mm-hmm. Well, on his way to be. What? You're what? You're two and sixteen as head coach. All right. So before we go to break, can I ask you this question and we can answer when we back, get back? Can they be a better team? That being said, I know the ownership of the, of the franchise was excited, but how did that not bring some kind of urgency to that front office to say, man? We are going to spend every dime we have to make sure that an offensive line is there to protect Joe Burrow, who, by the way, has been sacked more times in his first two games than Andrew Luck has, and than Andrew Luck was in his first couple games. And look where he is now. So I'm just saying, I called this out months ago. I said that the Bengals' problem is going to be that offensive line. Everyone said, oh, no, pro football focus out of Cincinnati. Cincinnati, by the way, of course, they're trying to kiss up to Cincinnati. So, of course, they're going to put enough numbers in their damn calculator to try to convince themselves and everybody else that the offensive line is good. And you, some of you delusional Bengal fans, called in and tried to convince me that the offensive line was graded really well. In the final- Look, I told you before, they got a good grade the final couple games of last season. Guess what, folks? I got an A in college one time. I wasn't. It didn't make me a straight-A student. All right, so I don't want to hear that the Bengals' offensive line was good last year and they felt good about it heading into this year. We'll be back in a moment. What did you write down? It's a little blurry, so you're going to have to just, you know. What, what did I say? It's only week two at 3.32 p.m. It's only week two. Huh? That's, you no, it's that. only week two, but keep in mind, some of these problems are the same problems that were back from last year, so technically it's week 18. <laughs> We'll be back in a moment. Hour two. Bengals fans, let's let's chat. Let's good talk. one, good one, good let's one. Talk. Like let's talk. Let's talk. Let's chat. Baker is still the third best, second best quarterback in the AFC North. We'll be back. The biggest local and national guests sit down for the biggest interviews. It's the Justin Kinner Show, live here on ESPN Dayton. We're hitting the ground running for hour number two. And we have a lot to get into still. Of course, first hour, we opened up talking about Ohio State. The Big Ten, uh, of course, is back. The Big Ten is back. The Buckeyes are back. And, of course, that's a great thing for us here uh, in Buckeye country, especially us here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We carry every Ohio State uh, football game right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. And, of course, we'll start with coming up at the end of the month, Ohio State and Nebraska, October 24th. Not the end of this month, I should say, but a, a month from the end of this month coming up. So we're just over a month. Man, that seems like so <laughs> far off. But I tell you, it's going to make college football Saturdays a lot more tolerable because although we may not have Buckeyes for four more weeks, we're still now... Like, this was a win for college football, Kev, because I do think it was going to be a lot of Buckeye fans not tuning into college football. For not because they only care about Ohio State and not the rest of college football, but it's because it was just going to irritate Buckeye fans to the point where they did not feel comfortable watching. Yeah. Um, now I think you're going to get a lot of fans watching, Big Ten's fans watching, even though their teams don't kick off for another month. You're going to be watching because, again, the greatness of the college football playoff, it brings everybody together. Every game matters. Not just your games, but the games around you. The college football landscape. I mean, who knows? By the time Ohio State even kicks off in their first game, Clemson could have stubbed their toe and eliminated themselves from the playoff before Ohio State even kicks off the season. Same thing goes with Alabama. They're starting Mac Jones, by the way. They announced that as their starting quarterback for the season. Um, LSU announced their guy, and I can't remember his name. I'll have to go and pull that up as far as that's concerned. I am interested to see how good LSU is this season. That's always tough. They lost. I mean... 
They're right up there. When you, we're going to look at LSU the way we did that Miami team in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at that LSU team the same way that we looked at that 2014 Buckeye team that won a national championship, which at the time, I don't think we realized how special that team was. We realized how special they were as names started announcing they were coming back. We always knew they were talented, but it was like, oh, man, we have, I mean, a whole NFL roster coming back in 2015, and obviously they weren't able to get the job done. But uh, th- this LSU team from last year is ba- basically right up there with those. Am I missing another team that was like that? I mean, the three mo- in the last two decades, the three most talented teams as far as NFL is concerned, and I could be missing an obvious one, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the 2001 Miami Hurricane team. Yeah. The 2014 Buckeye team. Well, I mean, that 2002 Ohio State football team. You're right. My, yeah. So, the four best. Okay. Uh, uh, but, but LSU last year, I think, I'll is def- right up there with that. I definitely put that 13 Florida State team up there. Okay. You had a lot of pros in there. I mean, you talk about Jalen Ramsey, uh, LaMarcus Joyner. You talk about Telvin Smith. You talk about Jameis Winston. I mean, you could talk about their NFL careers and, that, like, Jameis hasn't panned out. But, like, at that time while he was in college – he was a baller. They won 30 straight games for a reason. So we'll uh, dissect that more. Coming up here in just a moment. Four five seven nine four six four. Again, you are tuning in and listening to the Justin Kenner Show live here on ESPN Dayton, uh, fourteen ten Wing AM. Listen, stream, and now watch. Stream us at wingam.com, and you can watch us um, live on Facebook. Go to Facebook, search the Justin Kenner Show. Week three of the NFL season kicks off uh, later on this week. Obviously, tonight Monday Night Football, the Raiders and the Saints, um, and that'll wrap up week two. Make sure you get your weekly NFL pick and picks in at wingam.com. Twenty five dollars in Frickers Fun Bucks will be rewarded to the weekly winners and it doesn't matter like for instance here's an example i'm a moron and i didn't make sure to save my picks this past weekend for week two and uh i did get the browns over the bengals so i did get one correct okay i did get one correct pick this week um but i missed the rest of them because after i made the picks i never hit submit so that's on me a lot of people out there have made those same mistakes but it doesn't prevent you from winning moving forward you can get the most picks right each week and still win $25 in Frickers Fun Bucks. Uh, Frickers sponsors every year our NFL Pro Pick and Challenge. So make sure you head to wingam.com, submit your weekly picks, and follow along uh, to track how your scores are. We're going to be announcing, again, last week with us being off, we're going to announce weeks one and two winner on tomorrow's show after tonight's week two season, or week, I should say, wraps up with the Raiders and the Saints. All right, uh, we're going to get into some Bengals talk in a moment, but real quick, let's go to the phones. 457-9464. Kev, I already forgot who you even uh, popped up on the screen there, so you'll just have to let me know. William. 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 William, how are you, sir? Welcome. Hey, happy Monday to everybody except for Zach Taylor and the Bengals offensive line. There we go. Are you are you an upset Bengals fan or are you a passionate Browns fan? What do we got going here? I am an upset Bengals fan that's here to say Zach Taylor is going to get one of the best things that's ever happened to Cincinnati, killed. They are going to Tim Couch him. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at again, it's two games, but uh, it's not two games. Like, as Kev said earlier, he was like, Justin, you just said it was two games, and now you're saying this. The problem is with the Bengals, it's not two games. It's two games for Joe Burrow, but the problem is the Bengals chapter continues of that offensive line. And I feel like when the ownership last year decided to show some urgency and spend some cash, I was a little upset with them that they did not spend some money on that offensive line. They should have protected him like he was their baby, and they've left him out there to drown. It's going to be a long 14 games if if he even makes it that far with that offensive line. Justin, they tried to sell us on the same offensive line from last year, and like idiots, we bought it. Not me. I was trying to warn you. I was trying to warn you and every fan out there, and I got called every name in the book. You 
just paid Joe Mixon like a top six running back, and Joe Burrow is dropping back 61 Thank you. freaking times. Thank Why? you. Why? And, and what is wrong with A.J. Green? Why is he so slow? He looks like a shell of himself. Uh, look, and, and by, that was the concern about A.J. Green. And, by the way, the one smart thing that the Bengals did do was that they did not give him that extension. That I will give them credit for. They should not have even you know, contemplated that, and I'm glad that they didn't. The offensive line's a problem. It's going to remain a problem. A.J. Green is slow. But let's be clear. That's not why the, the Bengals' offense is struggling. It's not because A.J. Green is slow. You paid Tyler Boyd a lot of money. You paid Joe Mixon a lot of money. Uh, you know, you got a night in T. Higgins. You got him late in the draft. He's supposed to be a contributor. This offense, and Joe Burrow has looked okay, but you are right. Thank you so much for bringing that up, William, because that was going to be my point that I brought up. You paid Joe Mixon $12.5 million in a league that you can find running backs growing on trees, and then you have your rookie quarterback behind a bad offensive line throw the ball 60-plus times. That's insane. That's insane. Zach Taylor is so far in over his head, it ain't funny. And then not only that, Miles Garrett, nine times more pressures than the entire Bengals defensive team. Nine oh, times yeah. more pressures. He, oh, my God. Baker Mayfield oh, didn't get touched outside of the dirty play when we nailed him. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, William, call back anytime. We'll be doing our uh, the State of the Bengals every Monday. How about that? Thanks, Justin. Take care. All right, four five seven nine four six four. Um, let's be clear. I mean, is it Zach Taylor? I, I uh, Zach Taylor is part of the problem, but I think this was on Mike Brown. This is on ownership. You can't brag about the hundred sixty million dollars you spent in the off season, and then you still have the worst defense in the National Football League, and you you, know, you just can't. You cannot do that. And uh, on top of that, you're getting your quarterback killed. Your fr- this isn't Andy Dalton, by the way. This is your franchise quarterback, the rookie quarterback that really revitalized the fan base, that brought excitement back to this fan base. Um, it, it brought a, a dumbness to the fan base that tried to convince me that this team was going to turn it around, and I'm like, I'm not seeing it. And by the way, some tried to kind of pump the brakes a bit and tell me, that, oh, it's going to be a learning year. What is Joe Burrow learning right now? He's learning how to dodge tackles and not get hurt. And that's not going to get it done. Joe Burrow's good. I'm not going to debate that. But he should not be throwing the ball 60-something times in a game. People are like, oh, man, he threw three touchdowns and 300 yards. When you throw 60 times, you better be throwing for 300 yards. I'm a, I would hope you could throw for three. I, the worst quarterback in the National Football League should be able to throw for 300 yards if you let him throw 60-something times. That, I mean, that, that's crazy to me. Joe Mixon, why? I mean, why? Why isn't he getting it done? And he he led the AFC or he was led the AFC in rushing two years ago behind the worst offensive line in football. So wh- what's going on? I mean, Kev, I'm just curious your thoughts on this too. Again, I'm trying not to be too trolling with this, but the Bengals make it too easy. I'm not impressed. You could talk about how they narrowly they almost came back to beat the Browns. The Browns, we're going to get to them because they have they're a big clown show right now too. I'm not very happy with the Browns either. So it's not like the Bengals played well. The Browns they were taking advantage of the Browns' deficiencies. The Bengals are good enough to beat the Browns. They're now, good enough to beat the Browns. You said it right there. I think that they pass so much because that is the weakness of the Browns. Uh, their only good DB is Denzel Ward, who did an outstanding job on. A.J. Green breaking up several passes that hit A.J. in the hands, and he ripped it out. Um, but they were picking on the linebackers um, before the tight end got hurt. And he's also out for the season, by the way, for the Bengals, which sucks for him. I uh, can't remember his name. Well, I do know his name. I can't pronounce it. All due respect. But I think that was part of the game plan, to pass the ball, to try to attack them down the seams. 
because in week one, I believe Mixon had like 23 carries, somewhere around there. He was like in the early 20s, and Joe only dropped back like 25 times. That's so I fair. Think, I think maybe that. I, I'm just going off of that game. But they were also behind, too. But they were behind, but they weren't like behind big. The Browns jumped right. on them early. They got like right. 21 to 6 or whatever it was early, and that was the, that was the problem as far as that's concerned. And that always changes. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget. This is a college game I went to, but it was Ohio State at Purdue. And it was like 76. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Dwayne 70 had, passes, 75 yeah. passes for Haskins. Purdue jumped on. I mean, again, this isn't like, this is common knowledge. This is common sense. When you get behind, of course, you're not going to waste time carrying, you know, handing the ball off because you've got to try to make plays. And that's the thing. The Bengals offense or the Bengals offense is explosive enough to be able to make plays. There's no excuse as far as that's concerned. Um, do, do, do. And by the way, we're live on Facebook. You could chime in on Facebook and we'll be able to interact with you that way for those of you who don't want to call in. For instance, uh, Trey Green says that Joe Mixon was picking up four to five yards a carry against the Browns. And that you're right, Trey Green, but Trey, the problem is, is when you look at the contributions from no Joe Mixon, uh, Kev, while you were gone, uh, Trey Green on Facebook says, Joe Mixon, you know, how are we ripping Joe Mixon? He was averaging four to five yards a carry against the Browns. He carried the ball 16 times, and he only rushed for 46 yards. Right. Like, that, that's a problem. Um, you, that, that's not okay. You just paid this guy $12.5 million. So if this was a guy in a rookie deal and Joe Mixon had an off game, more power to you. Technically, I think he is on the last year of his rookie deal, but it's not the point. It's not the point. My point is, is that this is a guy that you gave him that money because you thought you looked at him as a staple of your offense. Right. That's on him too. And don't tell me, oh well, they had an offense. They had a bad. They have a bad offensive line. That's why he struggled, folks. Do you realize that the year that he led the AFC in rushing two years ago, that they had the worst offensive line in football that year? That, that so I, that's not an excuse. That that's not a good enough excuse because we've seen him perform as far as that goes. Uh, Trey Green says yes, it's a big problem. I, I yeah. So. It's interesting. Who we got, Kev? Four five seven nine four six. We're back to the phones. The Ron. The Ron. Ron, how are you? Hey, man. Congratulations. And uh, it's going to be one hell of a bachelor party, right? Yes, I haven't even thought that far. Haven't even thought that far ahead. Uh, but yes, uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but thank and, you, Ron. Uh, I'm just, I'm just, you know, that you know the curse follows you, and you know it. Slimmer knows it. I texted Schlemmer right away when I saw that the hurricane was coming right towards us. I'm like, oh, man, every Friday night we called it the curse of the Kenner. We're calling high school football. Every Friday it would rain no matter where I would go. And now a hurricane followed me to uh, Florida. So how about I looked that? At the, I looked at the forecast. I think you'll be good this Friday. But Yeah, I think we will as well. Anyway, um, like I want to comment on something like you said, them big name player McCaffrey and Barkley. I'm a Caffrey. I forgot about that one. He's out for what, four to five weeks, Ron? Yeah, he's done. Well, that's good for the Panthers, though. Like Michael They're tanking. Thomas, them, them high ankle sprains take weeks. Michael Thomas will be out tonight. Yep. So, so the Saints, I mean, I'd, I'd pick them to win, but it would be close. There's been a lot of close games, like Seattle barely pulled it off. And uh, with uh, Bengals, Burrow could have had a chance to go into overtime, but you got a kicker that didn't mm. kick a beer can, you know what I mean? Listen, but, I, I'm a Browns fan, and let's rewind a couple years back to Baker's rookie season. The Browns start out the year 3-0 and if they have a kicker. So I don't feel bad for the Bengals and their kicking issues. Let's just be clear. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I just mainly wanted to congratulate you and uh, happy for you, but it, it probably sucked being down there on a wet beach. For I tell you, I mean, look, uh, it's easy to like uh, focus on the negative, but like, I mean, I'm not happy that we were down there for an eye of a hurricane. Don't get me wrong, but, I mean, that is a pretty cool story to tell moving forward that uh, we were, you know, locked in this big old building without power, without water, while a hurricane was hitting us. As long as we survived it, that's all I cared about. So that was cool, too. Getting engaged was the best yeah. part, though. 
Yeah, and so. I want to touch on another subject. Like yep, we talked about the, the turf on the field and stuff, like uh-huh. Jersey Field. Okay, they had all them injuries. Well, the week before, they didn't have any problems. So it, it's like the... Well, yeah, great the, point. Yep, it's like... You know, is it like, I mean, the, the field needs to be addressed because this isn't the first, and Kev, to go back to our conversation, this isn't the first time that field has been brought up. But a lot of times, like, we might see that tonight. It's the first game for the Raiders on their home state, at their home field, at their home stadium. So, yeah, they it, gotta, your mic. Yeah, they so, got to have turf. It's Las Vegas. They can't have So, they might, <laughs> they might have issues, too. You never know. Yikes. Okay, I just wanted to say, uh, Leonard Fournette paid off yesterday. So Yeah, he did. He did. I'll tell you what. He, nobody's picking him in fantasy because nobody thought he'd do anything. But he's well. It's not that no one thought he would do anything, Ron. They didn't pick him in fantasy because at the time, the last couple weeks or the the last weekend heading into the draft, the Jaguars had released him, so no one was going to sign him. You know, you only you only draft a guy if you kind of know what his setup's going to be. Even if the Bucks would have drafted or signed him well before, he wouldn't have been signed by a lot of people because he wasn't going to be the featured back. And I think that's why people shied away from him. Yeah, they got that Thunder Lightning Jones and him, but I think real quick the Browns and the Bucks should have the same chemistry. You got a great running game, pretty good defense. Let the quarterback manage the game. Don't make him do too much. You know what I mean? Absolutely. All right, man. All right, take man. care, Ron. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Four five seven nine four six four. Bengals fans, NFL fans in general. We're going to get into that. I'm not just picking on the Bengals. I'm about to pick on the Browns too. He just said uh, he compared the. He said, "Hey, the Buccaneers situation is similar to the Browns. You know, good running game, good defense. The Buccaneers have a good defense. The Browns do not have a good defense. It's two Ooh. weeks in a row where offenses were able to kind of punch them in the mouth, and the Bengals did it." And they've looked bad doing it. Like, the Bengals moved the ball, but they looked bad doing it. Like, it wasn't a good night for the Bengals' offense. They put 30 points up, so you can't say it's a bad night. But it wasn't. And bring comfort and a smile. So today, make that phone call or send a heartfelt note to someone you care about. And if you'd like to send a fresh bouquet of flowers, we can help with that. We're First Florist and Greenhouses at 1306 Troy Street in Dayton, a local family-owned business since 1905. And we're thinking of you. She's Stephen A. Smith, and everyone knows my feelings on Cowboys fans. But really, Justin Kenner, you're a Cowboys fan and a Browns fan? Good Lord have mercy. I don't know what the hell to do with y'all. I really don't. Back to the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. What is it with the Falcons that they just cannot hold a big lead? Bruh. I mean, the 28-3 to memes, they're losing their momentum. But how about being up 30-9, to again, in a much less meaningful game, and not the Super Bowl like they were up against the Patriots when they let that big lead slip away. Uh, but the Cowboys were, were garbage. And it, was, it was, you know, 29-10 to or whatever it was at half. Um, and then the Cowboys came roaring back. And how about Dak Prescott? 450 yards. Uh, he did throw a touchdown, but it was the most meaningful touchdown. It was the one that mattered most. Zeke, 22 carries, 89 yards in a score. Uh, Calvin Ridley was big, of course. Two touchdowns, 109 yards for Atlanta. Atlanta just, they they choked down the stretch. Uh, I mean, there's no, uh, but that was the, the best game of the weekend as far as uh, the, that entertaining finish. A lot of good finishes. Uh, but how about that? The Cowboys that that was looking rough. Dak Prescott was playing desperate because if he replicated that first half and the second half, he ain't getting paid. Yeah. Like again, luck can happen after week two, but those games, those types of performances from Dak, it, it ended up being a great one. But it, it was on its way to being one of those typical ones where Dak's one of those where when he starts out bad, he doesn't get better. He doesn't rebound. This game was something different. He showed a little something. I can't wait. Cowboys Seahawks. 
that that the biggest game of Dak Prescott's career is coming up in week three, uh, when Dak Prescott goes up against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. I always say he's a poor man's Russell Wilson, and uh, he has a chance to prove that he's a you know, you know, he's not a poor man's Russell Wilson. He's kind of yeah, that, he is because yeah. Russell got paid. Well, technically, yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, I caught some of that Dallas game, and the thing about that game was, if you just like score watching, uh, you think like, man, Cowboys defense is getting shredded. But if you uh, caught the game, the offense put them in bad positions. Dak had a fumble, Zeke had a fumble, and boom, they're in the hole, fourteen nothing, just like that. And then, obviously, we know how many weapons and how good Atlanta's offense is. I mean, they have Julio. They have Calvin Ridley. They have a former MVP of the league at the quarterback spot. So they're going to put up numbers. And they did. And then they stopped. And once they stopped scoring, their defense said, we're just going to let Dallas score. And they just – the floodgates were open. And then that onside kick, I mean – you know, I saw people trying to explain it away, like maybe they didn't know the rules. I'm like, dude, you know the rules? You got to know the rules. There's one person in that building that there yeah, is no excuse yeah. knowing the rules. It's a coach. Yeah, head coach got to know the rules. The special teams coordinator definitely got to know the rules. And, I mean, you got to know the rules to – I mean, if you're in the NFL, you would imagine that you watched football before. You would imagine that you've seen an onside kick before. So you know if the ball is on the ground, attack it. Uh kickoff and a punt are two totally different plays so they were playing it as if it was like a punt as opposed to attacking the ball or knocking it out of bounds fall on it and you win the game but you didn't either and then give dallas a lot more credit not only them getting the onside kick because of atlanta's blunder but they still had to drive the rest of the field to get that kick you know it wasn't a guarantee that they were going to do that i mean you saw the momentum was on their side, and basically everything they were doing in the second half was working. But you still got to execute those plays and make it happen. And uh, my guy, C.D. Lamb, oh boy, about 106 yards. <laughs> oh He's a real boy. deal. Count, I mean, that's why. Like, it's like the more talent Dak gets around him, it sometimes hurts him because they don't look better. I mean, his numbers are good, but they don't look better with him. I mean. This offense was supposed to take the next step. Now, again, you get that second half Cowboy attack moving forward, Cowboys are set. Because the Eagles, I have no clue what's going on there. <laughs> Keith Byers, uh, who normally does his show on Mondays from noon to one, he's going to be doing his show on Wednesday from noon to one, but he might be popping in and visiting us tomorrow on the show. And uh, I'm going to be asking him. He, he put out, he was ready to put out his top five NFL quarterbacks, and Carson Wentz is one of those. I'm curious if after the first two weeks of the season, if that has changed. Uh, Byers, if you're listening which he normally does and messages me when he doesn't like what I have to say. Well, I'm sure he might have a problem with this. Car- Carson Wentz, Keith. Well, I-, I-, I don't know. I don't know. But the Cowboys right now, whether we like it or not, they're the best team in that in that division. Absolutely. But, again, we're talking tallest short person at that point because what does that necessarily mean? Cowboys look really good yesterday in the second half. But how many of those little flat performances are we going to see before they finally get it together? By the way, and, you know, one and one, one and no at home, and what, 16,000 fans there? <laughs> Crazy. I'm done. <laughs> Great. They got uh, done. I, something I will say about the Cowboys, and you know I'm a, a Dak Prescott fan, and you're a fan of the Cowboys. It's much like Ohio State. If they don't win the NFC East this year, there's a major problem. 
you have potential. Are you saying that because the the dynamics have changed with how bad the Eagles have looked, or yes. was that your because we was between those two I expected them in. to win the AFC, AFC, NFC East this year. I expected them to be, you know, them and Philly battling out, but I expected them to win. Um, you know, with better coaching and obviously more weapons on the team, and you know, you get better and more games you play. But from what we're seeing from Philadelphia, what we're seeing, uh, Miles Sanders. Sanders, former Penn State running back, fumbling left and right. We're seeing Carson Wentz just not look like himself. Or maybe this really is who he is. We're seeing that. Uh, and obviously the Giants are terrible. Um, you have the Washington football team. They had a great opening week victory, but then they went to Arizona, and Kyler Murray went buck but noodles crazy, yeah. and so did DeAndre Hopkins. How's that working out for the Houston Texans trading away <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins? Ouch. Uh, you just gave a young quarterback a big-time weapon and took that weapon away from your young quarterback. Not looking so good. Um, so, you look at those bottom feeders. Wait, what? Repeat that. What? The Texans Yeah. traded Hopkins. Yeah. And now you have, you know, Deshaun Watson. Oh, you said you, I think you're talking about one. my young. No, 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 no. I was like, hold on, leave Baker alone. No, 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 no. Leave, leave Baker alone. He just had his best game in two years. You know, he's, he's was fine. it? <laughs> I don't know if it was the best game in two years. He had a couple good games last year, but I mean, I, I think that the Cowboys are going to walk away with that division, like by a mile. They bet. I just hope they don't fold on it because now they're expected. And it's not just. Ex- it's one thing to be expected to. Uh, like the Ravens are expected to win their division, but. You know, if the Steelers all of a sudden win that division, it's not like the Ravens failed. It's because right. the Steelers, that's a good organization, just a well-run team. We're going to talk about that. I, real quick, before I forget this, I don't admit when I'm wrong often, but I'm admitting I was wrong now. Ranking the AFC North quarterbacks, I was waiting to see which Big Ben showed up. The two quarterbacks that I think had more question marks about them coming in, three really, if you, it's because of age. Four, if you really want to look at the four oldest quarterbacks in the league with uh, obviously Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Big Ben, and Cam Newton. Um, Cam Newton's really not their age, but I mean, he's been healthy. Yeah. He's had health concerns. Those quarterbacks, I was more concerned about their performances this year than Baker and some of the others because there's still time for some of the other. Cam Newton's looks really, really good. Yeah. I was waiting to see what Big Ben looked like. He's looked really, really good, and I think he has less weapons than Tom Brady, than Drew Brees, like you know, and even Cam Newton and Drew Bre- and Big Ben. I think are tied. What Big Ben has going for him is continuity with his team. Toward Cam's still learning his guys. Big Ben's really good. Lamar Jackson, no debate about it. Best quarterback in the AFC North. Big Ben's no debate about it. Second best quarterback in the AFC North, and Baker third and. I'm st- I don't care what anyone says. Joe Burrow's still the worst quarterback in the AFC North, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. You're not going to convince me that a quarterback with a QBR of 46 is the th- even the third best quarterback uh, in that division, as far as that's concerned. My guy so. Juju out here scoring touchdowns again. Uh, he's yes, and my, we we both thought coming in like. He's a perfect number two. I look at him like Jarvis Landry, where they, they're so good at being the number two that you're like, man, maybe they are number one, but there's just always no, he's something. he's a number two. He's a number two receiver. They need to go get that number one. He's, a, he's a number two receiver, um, but it's just the fact that Ben's back. By the way, OBJ, uh, not OBJ, uh, Antonio Brown, the other diva receiver. Uh, AB. He suspended the first eight games of the season. Correct. But does that count? Like, uh, is he two games into that? Doesn't he have to be signed on the team? Question. Because I was confused yesterday. I think it was Ed Warner or uh, Adam Schefter. Somebody tweeted out, man, you know, some of these teams right now, two games into his eight-game suspension, have to really be lining up for Antonio Brown's services. I thought you had to be on a team. Like Kareem Hunt, 
I thought that was the whole ordeal about the NFL basically blackballing Antonio Brown to the point to where he could not, you know, he was never going to unbury himself because the only way you can serve your suspension is being an active player. He's not an active player at the moment. I feel like that's an obvious one. I thought it was no, and it still could be, but that tweet from Adam Schefter really confused me. Let's go. Well, you're looking that up. Let's go to Jerry. Jerry, the Raiders fan. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. So um, I agree with you that since, well, I don't know if Cincinnati has the worst offensive line. That Philly offensive line looks pretty bad, too. Um, and as far as the Bengals having the worst defense, I don't know. We saw the Atlanta Falcons. Right? How many points have they given? Man, up you need to work game? on how you say Falcons, man. That you you come close to saying Falcons in a non-FCC approved way, my friend. You just gave Kev a heart attack. Oh no, I said Falcons. Sorry. No, no, you no, did, no. you did. But we both looked at each other like, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> but their defense was absolutely horrible the first two weeks. Um. So and and look, I mean, the Browns' defense hasn't got. Uh, hasn't covered themselves in glory, and my Raiders certainly haven't covered themselves in glory on the defensive end either. So I think it's a race to the bottom on the worst defense. Um, But, you know, that brings me to a question. We haven't been seeing a lot of good defense. So what do you guys think? you think it's the lack of a preseason and the lack of hitting that, that, that is putting these defenses on the back, you know, on their back heels, so to speak? Uh, definitely, yes. Like when we were talking earlier, Kevin and I were talking about, I think someone on the Facebook chat, I have to go back and find it, uh, was asking about are the inju- the you know the big injuries that we've seen, the big number of injuries, is that because of no preseason? I do not believe injuries have anything to do with no preseason because the preseason you're still working out, you're still, doing your, you're still out on the field. I, I don't see how that would be a thing. I do think the sloppy play, especially on the defensive side, to your point, Jerry, is because of the no preseason. I think... Uh, three or four games is going to take, not just coincidentally enough because that's the amount of preseason games you get. But to keep in mind, too, when we talk about the first teams who are struggling, everyone's first team is struggling defensively right now. Right. And for us to say that, oh, well, because there was no preseason, that's why they're struggling, I don't know how fair that is. How many how many possessions is the defense out on the field in the first preseason game, the second preseason game? They don't exist in the third preseason game outside of the first half, and then they disappear in the fourth. I mean, if we're talking about what makes a team good defensively is by getting at least seven possessions in the preseason. I have a hard time believing that that's the problem this year. I just think that there's just so many skilled offensive players out there. There's a lot of really good teams. Some bad defensive teams, though. I don't know, Jerry. I think the three of the four teams that we all knew were going to have a good defense this year are doing just that. The only team that didn't have a great defensive output in week one that we thought had a great defense was the 49ers. But the Steelers had a great defensive performance. Ravens had a great defensive performance. And Buffalo had a great defensive performance in both weeks. I think those are the only elite defenses in the National Football League right now. Well, I wouldn't say Buffalo had an elite defensive uh, game yesterday. I got them on my fantasy team. They were minus eight points. And they gave up, what, 35 to to the fish? 28. I mean, still. I mean, it's the fish. Right, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, it's Miami Dolphins. Let's, they also had uh, interception and three sacks. I mean, those things. I mean, this is the NFL, man. Like even the no, worst, even the worst teams. Like that's why the that's why Las Vegas makes millions and millions and millions of dollars because we look at it like, oh, the Dolphins suck. They're terrible. Buffalo's right. pretty good this season, and they put a line at two and a half. 
and everybody bets the over, and boom, hey, they cash out because the Dolphins kept it close. It's amazing what Las Vegas does. It is amazing that you. they call all these type of things all the time. Yep, and by the way, keep it to your point, Jerry, about the defenses. 13 of the 30 NFL teams uh, scored 30 points or more uh, this past week. That's a lot of points. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, like, defenses are bad, but I think it is early in the season. You're shaking things out. Now, if we're still talking about this many 30-point games or 30-point performances from teams five weeks, six weeks into the season, uh, then I'd be concerned. I just think there's a lot of shaking out to do. But the problem is is there are a lot of teams who have been historically bad defensively for years now, like the Bengals. The Bengals aren't bad defensively because, oh, it's only a couple games in. They're bad defensively yeah. because they've been an embarrassment to the to, to the word defense for years. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a shame that they spent that much money on that defense and they still look just as bad as they have the last couple of years. It's a well, joke. I hear you, but the Browns do have good defense. And they, they have injuries. They've 72 points hung on them in two weeks. So, I mean, they're Well, they're, they're injuries, too. Uh, Real quick, I need to go to find this comment on Facebook. Uh, Josh Beeman, or Beeman, I'm sorry, he goes, uh, he did say congrats on my engagement, so thank you for that. But he said, secondly, I agree that the Browns' defense has looked rough, uh, but keep in mind that most of their secondary has been injured. Greedy Williams, True. Kevin Johnson, uh, and Mac Wilson all returned to practice today after missing the first two games. They might return this week, and the defensive line has actually been among the league best through two yeah. weeks. So the Browns have that going for them. The Bengals, I don't know what their excuse is. Right. Well, hey, I got two quick comments, and then Make I'll let quick. you go. So, number one, the thing about the Atlanta onside kick that makes it even more egregious, if you guys remember, they called timeout. Ooh. They called timeout when they put the ball on the grass. Atlanta called timeout. They talked about that play before he did the onside kick. So how are you, you know, as a coach, you're, you know, how are you not telling them, look, the ball's wide, you know, the ball's wide for us, even if it doesn't go 10 yards, if you get a chance, jump on it. Right? Remember, they called timeout before that onside kick. And still didn't get it right. It's not good. Nope, definitely not good. But, hey, Jerry, good hearing hey, from you. And one last thing, Lakers going to win it all. Remember, I told you that months ago, and it's going to happen. Jerry, that's not a hot take. They have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. <laughs> I, well, I know, but I told you the A hot take is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Out, Jerry, a hot take is the Cleveland Cavaliers without LeBron James are going to win an NBA championship uh, this year. Or this year, uh, you know. that I mean, the Lakers winning. Here's a hot take. The, the, the Chiefs are going to win a Super Bowl this year. They ain't going to win a Super Bowl Said this Jerry. year, Bray. I, that's, I, got that's your, of, I got a case of Diet Dew on that one if you want to go down that road. Jerry, good hearing from you. I'm sure we'll be hearing you from too, you more. Guys. You guys have a good one. Adios. All right. Um, I'm getting a lot of this. Bengals fans are getting upset. They think they're playing well. Mm-hmm. Typical. They won two games last year. They're 0-2 this year, and they're still trying to tell me they're improving. They're not improving. They're not improving. They don't look better. Burrow looks okay. Doesn't look great. I don't know what. why are people so – I mean, Burrow has a QBR of 46 right now. Stop it. Stop it. Baker, his first two games as a starter in the National Football League, his QBR was over 90. Like, stop it. And he was actually throwing touchdowns. He was actually leading scoring drives. And you can argue that his weapons weren't as good as what Joe Burrow has. And don't tell me, oh, well, A.J. Green's not playing well. That's the point. Like, he has good weapons. They're not playing well. That's a problem. That's a problem. I'm not saying it's all on Joe Burrow, but stop giving me this nonsense that he's playing great. Um, You know, and, and... Let's continue. You know what? I'm getting a lot of these comments on here. I want to sift through these. We're going to pull the best ones. We're live on Facebook. Bengals fans, let's hear from you. I don't feel like the Bengals, again, maybe it's the 0-2 thing that has me saying, hey, they're not playing well. But you know what? They're not playing well. 
People got all excited about Joe Burrow. He, I mean, people ripped Baker Mayfield, let him do something first before we get excited. Baker Mayfield looked 10 times better than Joe Burrow did. The Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. Back to the famous WING studios. Here's Justin Kinner and Kev Nash. Reds Brewers coming up here in just a couple hours, just under two hours, actually. 6.40 the first pitch, 6.10 the pregame. We are Dayton's home of the Cincinnati Reds, ESPN 14.10, Wing AM. How about the Reds? Look, when I left, I remember one of the segments I did in the final show before heading on vacation last week, uh, I had counted the Reds out to say there was no chance, and mainly because, like, kind of like the conversations we're having now, like, people act like, you know, you got to give the Reds time. It's a shortened season. you got to give them time, yes, but keep in mind that the, the same reasons that the Reds were losing the first 50-something games of the season <laughs> were the same reasons that the Reds lost 90-something games, you know, the last five years. Six FC North, no questions asked. I think we all kind of had an idea that was going to be the case. Me, I was really kind of like waiting to see. Okay, Big Ben, Old Ben. All right, that's what I was thinking. He doesn't look old. I mean, he's aged, but he's still Big Ben. No question about it. Him and Lamar, it, they're leading this this division. Baker's the third best, and again, I feel like we're the me being a Browns fan and the Bengals fans were a bunch of losers arguing over who's the third best quarterback in the AFC North. That's what we're talking about. Straight up, Kev Baker Mayfield, and by the way, Billy Wright on here, he's fired up. He says uh, the dumbest statement of the day. Imagine that from Kinner. Burrow looked way better than Baker after two games. To be fair, you're wrong on that, Billy. He did not. The numbers also prove that that is not the case. But and I'm not talking about wins either. I was talking about the first two games of Baker's career as a starter, you know, comparing that to this. But if you want to compare this season alone, absolutely, let's do that. Baker looked horrible in week one. He also went up against the best defense in the National Football League. Not, it's not an excuse, but I cannot wait. You, we talked earlier today. The Steelers and Ravens, Joe Burrow's going to get sacked a combined ten times between those two teams. Yeah, And that's not Burrow's fault. Like, I'm not even ripping Burrow and saying, oh, he, it's his fault. But Burrow's struggling because, not because I think he's bad, it's because the Bengals are a bunch of morons and how they constructed that roster. They literally looked at an offensive line that has been bad for how many years now, and they really didn't adjust anything. They just said, oh, no, Pro Football Focus gave us an A. They said we looked really good the last four games of the season, so we're just going to stick with this. That's moronic, and you're paying for it now. And I was ripped up and down by Bengals fans all summer because I was saying what's happening now, two games in, is exactly what I said was going to happen. But I'm just a hater, right? No. I don't know it all. I pretend to know it all, but the Bengals make it pretty easy. I don't have to work hard to bash the Bengals. They do it themselves. And you get this new toy, this really nice... I mean, if you go out and get the nicest sports car in the world, Kevin, are you going to park it out on the street? No. No, you're going to get... You're going to make sure that baby's covered. You're going to make sure that baby's protected. You're going to make you're going you're gonna to make sure you find a house that has a nice garage. You're going to make sure that baby is protected and covered. Well, the Bengals go out. They're a bunch of morons. They live in a studio apartment on the 10th floor, and they go out and get a sports car, and they don't even buy a parking pass to put it in the garage. They go just park it on the street. And it's getting banged. It's getting hit. You know, it's hailing out. It's getting beat up. And it's not the car's fault. The car's a badass car. Joe Burrow, it's not his fault. He's a badass quarterback. I love Joe Burrow, but it's the idiot owner. You don't get a brand new sports car and don't protect it. 
You, that's stupid. That's idiotic. That's moronic. Say what you want about the Browns. They're a crappy, embarrassing organization as well. But they at least knew, hey, when they got Baker Mayfield, they did everything they could to protect Baker Mayfield. They made sure to put every single weapon that they could around him. Last year, the offensive line took a step back. What did they do this past offseason? What they do? What they do? They, they made sure to use their, their top 10 draft pick to go get a nice big offensive lineman from Alabama. All right? Then what else they do? Oh, yeah, they go out and they get Conklin. They spent some money. They made sure to protect Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, when he fails this year, it's not going to be anyone else's fault but his. For Joe Burrow, when he fails and he ends up being the next, next Andrew Luck, it's not on him. It's not the sports car's fault that it's hailing and they're parked outside. That's the owner's fault. I know you. I love my analogies. I'm just That's saying. A good one. David Shaw says I'm a hater. I'm not a hater. You just don't like that I'm spitting facts. Please tell me how I'm wrong. The Bengals organization is an embarrassment. They should be ashamed of themselves. I'm not mad at Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. But it's not on him why he thinks have not gone well. He's been sacked more times two games in than Andrew Luck was. And where's Andrew Luck right now? Just saying. Oh, you just going to let it end. Oh, that, I mean, no, that's I fine. We are against the clock. We're going to pick up with it. Rhetorical. Right? We all know that he's retired because he got banged up. Oh, I'm an ass now. That didn't take long. Yeah, I took a week off, two hours into the show, and I get called an ass. I'm not an ass. What did I say that's wrong? I said that your offensive line sucks. It does. It does. I'm an ass because I said that your offensive line, which is a freaking joke, is... What? Are you kidding? The only thing that's a bigger joke than the offensive line is the fan base. And I'm a Browns fan. Hour three next. I'm going back to Florida. Hurricane and all. After a week off, I'm getting called names. What kind of names? I got called. Search the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook and tune in and interact with the show every day uh, and interact in the comment section. It may seem like we all don't like one another, but we really do all like one another. So maybe David Shaw has jumped off the Justin Kinner uh, bandwagon. You know, it is what it is. Um, let's get. So, again, Browns Bengals, I'm so glad that they were able to square off in week two. It's definitely provided so much fun commentary. Now, again, I know this was from Thursday night. I was off all last week. This is my first time back on the air. I wanted to make sure that I had my chance to air my grievances about that game. I really don't care that the Browns won. The Browns should won. They're the better team. Um, but, the, you know, and, and again, the Bengals are getting to go through the experience of the first year of Joe Burrow. It's a fun time. Like, again, you always want to be either the best team in the league or the second best season you can have is always that first year after being the worst team in the NFL and you get your new toy. That's It's a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of fun watching the Browns with Baker Mayfield his first year. It took a step back the second year, but it was a fun offseason watching the team kind of build off the excitement that was built the first year. The thing is, though, J- Baker Mayfield built something his first year. They were able to, they went 0-16 and won eight games uh, or seven games or whatever, and they, t- they took a step forward. Like, they were good. Like, they, they, they improved. No, hold on, time out. They weren't good. They improved. Yeah. You can't convince me, or I think your mic's off. You can't convince me that the Bengals have improved. It's that? two games. It's two games, okay? It's two games. You have a bad Eagles team coming up. Make Take advantage of that. The Eagles are, they're right for the picking. Take advantage of the fact that you have the Eagles coming up this weekend. But to sit there, and, and someone said, oh, typical dumb take from Kenner saying that uh, Joe Burrow has been, that Baker Mayfield's been better than Joe Burrow. That's not even an opinion. That's a fact. Look at the numbers. It's not even an opinion. I mean, the, Joe Burrow's QBR is 40. 40. And this guy, and I'm going to read a book. All right, story time. <laughs> David Shaw says uh, it's not a fact. He says the O-line sucks. We get that. Everyone gets that. But he can't catch the ball. Oh, we're doing this game now. 
we're doing the, oh, well, the quarterback can't catch the ball. Were we making that excuse for Baker Mayfield last year, David Shaw? Last year, when Baker Mayfield had a receiving core that led the National Football League and dropped catches, were you sitting there saying, man, Baker's trash, Baker's ass, but, hey, Baker's ass, but, you know, hey, his, he can't catch the ball. He can only throw the No, 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 no. Baker struggled last year because his receivers couldn't catch the ball. That, and he threw a lot of interceptions. But that's besides the point. Uh, he goes on to say, you know, plus Kenner, you know, could acknowledge that, but he'd rather bash him because he's a Browns fan. Burrow is making throws and moving in the pocket better than Baker. That's not true. By the way, he's moving. He's running for his life. I agree with you, David. He is moving. He's moving all over the place. He's moving left. He's moving right. He's dodging, jiving. He's all over the place. Of course he is. Of course he's moving. He's running for his life. Uh, and by the way, you know, it doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. I, I can't believe that you're getting this fired up about it. I didn't think it was a secret that things haven't gone well for the Bengals in the first two weeks at 0-2. And that makes Zach Taylor and the Bengals now uh, going back to last season 2-16. and I, I didn't know it was a secret. I, I did not know that this was a secret. David Shaw goes on to say that despite his O-line sucking, he's still throwing the ball all over the field. You're right. He's throwing the ball over the field. It's not completing. Not completely, he threw for 300-plus yards. Congratulations. Keep in mind, every quarterback in the NFL, if you let them throw the ball 60-plus times, I promise you, Mr. David Shaw, that they will throw for 300-plus yards as well. Now, this has turned into sounding like me bashing Joe Burrow. That's not what this conversation was about. I was ripping the ownership. Because mm-hmm. Burrow's struggles are not Burrow's fault. I don't think Burrow's a bad quarterback. Burrow is going to look bad because while every other team out there makes sure makes you know they make an attempt to go cater to their new quarterback to make sure that they put him in the best position possible to win, the Bengals did the opposite. Now you're saying, what are you talking about? They spent 160 million dollars in the offseason. Yes, they did. And what has that gotten them? A third straight year of the worst defense in the National Football League and the same offensive line that basically ran Andy Dalton out of the out of the Bengals locker room to begin with. Which, by the way, I'm not upset about because you ended up upgrading to Joe Burrow. But how do you not address that offensive line? You convinced your fan base, some are delusional, obviously, that the offensive line was good. They weren't good. They weren't good last year. They weren't good the year before. They weren't good the year before that. They were questionable the year before that. And they are laughing stock right now. So I don't want to hear that you know excuses for Joe Burrow. By the way, he threw the he has a QBR about forty six uh, he has 100 more passing yards than Baker Mayfield. I would hope that, again, he's thrown the ball 90-plus times the first couple games of the season. Baker has thrown the ball. By the way, Joe Burrow had more pass attempts in that game against the Browns than Baker has total pass attempts on the season. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Now, I asked you earlier. Oh, here we go. Uh, I asked you earlier in the show, could they possibly have the same record as they did last year and be a better team? I think that... Yeah. I know what you're trying to ask. Like, for instance, I mean, I mean, they won two games last year. I'm not going to be convinced that if they win. I mean, even if they win three games, they're still a three-win team. They still. Oh, I'm sorry, David, at 49.9, a QBR of 49.9, 49.9. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Billy Wright says, uh, did you watch Troy Aikman literally said Burrow already looks like the better quarterback? That's fine. And you could find two other analysts that'll say Baker's the better quarterback. So I, I don't. we could play this game all day. We can play this game all day. This is what we do in these debates. We find one person that says something that we agree with, and then we think that they're credible. And then the people that say things we don't agree with, we say that they're not credible. Let's check on Tim from Kettering. Tim, what's up, man? They got y'all worked up, don't they? No, what do you mean? I'm calm. <laughs> Tim, you're patient, too, by the way. I appreciate that. Oh, that's okay. Uh, one of the things that I uh, am thinking about regarding these offenses, usually at this time of the year, the defense are ahead a little bit. And me being a Packers fan, I mean, I'm watching the Packers. I'm like, oh, my gosh. They can hear Aaron Rodgers. 
no, there it's not only the crowd getting the defense fired up, there's no offsides. The few games I watch, nobody's getting the offensive lineman, nobody's going offsides. And not only that, I mean, they can see, you know, they can hear them, so they don't have to watch the ball, they don't have to watch the stamp, they don't have to watch the defensive lineman move. I think that's a big reason the offenses are a little bit ahead because there's nobody in the stands and you can hear clear as day, and uh, I think that's making a difference. Regarding your quarterbacks, I think Burrow looks pretty good. I think he looks pretty doggone good. He's made some nice throws, and I think the only might only win two or three games this year, but I think they've got a future if they do what Dallas did and make sure they get some linemen to protect him, just like they had really good linemen protecting uh, Troy Aikman. And I was never a Baker uh, basher. I thought he looked really good his first couple games. If he had that team energized, I think it was just bad coaching that really brought or held the Browns back the most. So, anyways, I'm eating while I'm talking, so I'll let you go. <laughs> what, 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 what's eating? What's eating? I'm eating some nachos. Oh, nachos Ooh, sound yeah. good. I'm still thinking about what I'm going to do for dinner. I'm nachos. Starting burp. I'm starting to burp. <laughs> well, go enjoy your meal while it's hot, man. Good I've been on hold for a while, so I just started stuffing my mouth. That's what you got. I wish we, yeah. I'm jealous of that, man. Hey, take care. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate All right. it. Uh, no, he brings up a good point. And by the way, the first two games of a rookie season, I'm not defining him for the rest of his career. This was a conversation about the Bengals' issues that I've been preaching back since back in April. From the time that he was drafted, I said, that's great. What are you doing about the offensive line? They did nothing about the offensive line. And that's really what this conversation was about. And that's the thing about it. We're not asking the Bengals or the Hawks from the Washington team back in the 80s. You don't need that in today's NFL, especially with the quick passing game. Today's passing game isn't play action, take seven-step drop, and be Dan Marino. It's to be quick three-step drop, get it out your hands, put it in your playmaker's hands. It's for you to be a point guard, not the actual playmaker himself. Um, but the offensive line, because the Bengals run a lot of three-receiver sets, so there is no fullback on the team. Um, their tight ends really aren't blockers. Their tight ends are basically glorified big wide receivers. So they are a pass-happy team, and the success that the Bengals has had, as long as I can remember, they've been a passing team all the way back to the Boomer Esiason days. They were a very good passing team. I mean, you look at uh, the days of uh, Jeff Blake and Carl Pickens. They were a passing team. Uh, when you look at Carson Palmer and Chad Ochocinco and TJ Husmanzada, passing team. They're going to be a passing team. You don't need to be great up front. You just need to be average. And right now, they're not average up front. So that's... Again, I'm a hater, but you're saying the same thing I am. You're not a hater. You're acknowledging that this offensive line is not good because I'm trying to figure out what these guys are getting so angry about. I'm trying to like meet them halfway in the middle, but you have a quarterback that has a QBR of 49 that they're trying to say is better than Baker Mayfield, whose QBR is around 90. Um, Baker Mayfield has looked more poised, more under control. And by the way, with that being said, the reason that is is because Baker has an offensive line, which brought me back to my original point. Imagine how good Burrow would be if he had a competent organization that he was drafted to. This goes back to when every Bengals fan was so sensitive about all the national media that said, oh man, it's, it sucks that Joe Burrow has to go to Cincinnati. It took two games for us to realize why going to Cincinnati was such a huge mistake. It wasn't really his choice, and he's a he's a... 
hell of an athlete. He's a hell of a competitor. He wants to win in Cincinnati. He wants mm -hmm. them to win. But my fear is, is that you watched an offensive line be crap for three straight years and did nothing about it. Why would that change now? That's my whole point as far as that's concerned. Now, this guy, David Shaw, goes on to say, I'm not saying you are talking about his whole career. I'm talking about right now. Yes, right now, Baker Mayfield looks better. And again, I can't, this is a stupid argument because it's Baker being better than Joe Burrow means nothing. Joe Burrow is on a, a team that won two games last year. All right, Baker was drafted to a team that was 0-16 and led them to a plus-7 uh, win total this, this, so uh, the next season. So the question I have for you is, what would Joey Burrow do with the Browns if the positions were flip-flopped? Oh, he would be 10 times better with the Browns than he would be with the Bengals. Joe Burrow's not struggling because of lack of talent. He knows you know what I'm saying? If he was on the Bengals, I mean, if he was on the Browns and Baker was on the Bengals... Does it, do you think Joe Burrow would be playing better than Baker's playing with the Browns? Baker would probably be, he would throw way more interceptions. That's the Baker's biggest, and that's not a small problem. That's a big problem. Jameis Winston threw 30 touchdowns, and if you take away, if you cut his interceptions in half, he's an MVP candidate a year ago. Interceptions are a big deal. But let's be clear, again, Browns, again, it's two games. They mm -hmm. beat that Bengals team, and Joe Burrow had to throw the ball 60-plus times. Why is your quarterback, you just paid $12.5 million to Joe Mixon. Why are you letting your quarterback throw the ball 60-something times? That, that's a, in, a, a basketball comparison. That's called being a high-volume shooter. Man, he's averaging 30 points a game. Yeah, he's shooting the ball 55 times. I would hope he could put 30 up. If you, you give any, any NBA star 50 shots, they're going to score 30, 40 points a game. You give any quarterback 60 passes, they're going to throw the ball 300 times, 300 yards. I'm just saying, as far as that, because Baker doesn't look better. He doesn't. What are you watching? What, what, Burrow doesn't look good right now. Not saying it's his fault. He does not look good. What, what world do you Bengals fans live in? This isn't Justin that, let me put my Cowboys hat on so that you guys can get past the excuse <laughs> of I'm just a Browns you know, fan being a hater. He's not playing well right now. He's not. He doesn't look better. The problem is, is you're comparing it to what the Bengals' offense looked like the last couple of years. Of course you think it looks better, but it doesn't look better than what's going on in Cleveland. Just saying. And it drives him nuts. Nah, doo -doo -doo -doo. Matthew Gaines says, Carr could have been a good quarterback, but Houston let him get beaten up to a pulp and ruined him. Yes, that's what's going to happen to Joe Burrow. Andrew Luck is no longer in the National Football League because he got beat up too early in his career. Go ahead, Bengals fans. Keep, keep defending this. I'm telling you right now. He's the next Andrew Luck, and that's a good thing because Andrew Luck's pretty talented, and I think that, that Joe Burrow's talented. But he's going to retire early, and he's going to have a career-ending injury because the front office are a bunch of morons. There. And anyone that defends him, take, away, take it how you will. Go to Nick. Let's go to Nick real quick. Nick, how are you? Hey, what's up, man? I'm a Bengals fan, and I just wanted to say that I agree with you. Joe Burrow does not look good. Thank you. He looks he looks great. Oh! Give him damn it, great. Nick! I got all excited. I got Woo! That was good. You, I looked at the camera and everything. By the way, I was like, I got a guy that agrees with me, and you pulled the wool out, man. What the hell? You got to get that for promo. If you purposes. look at Dalton's first two games last year versus Burrow's first two games this year. I do think you'll see an improvement, even though the offensive line theoretically is the same, right? But the thing that I saw in Burrow that I immediately and and. My wife got all over me, right? Because I, I swore up and down all off season. I'm not going to be a Dalton hater. I'm not because I supported it for years, right? But out of the gate, week one, it's like this dude has ice in his veins. He does not care what the score is. I, I would be surprised to learn if he even looked at it, right? 
he just goes out there. I try not to look at disasters either. <laughs> well, he just demands uh, action on the field. I mean, he goes, he's pointing guys in different directions. Guys that out-tenure him by years. It doesn't matter. He just goes out, takes control of the situation, oh, and in the, in the two-minute drill, moves the ball. Right? Which brings me to my second point. And it's not just the Bengals. I've seen NFL teams do it my entire life. What is it about the two-minute drill that moves the ball that they won't do throughout the course of a normal game? Because I am willing to bet if Zach Taylor were to go out next week and say, hey, guys, no huddle, let's go. You got three minutes. I want the offense off the field. And they just went. No huddle all the way down that field. I guarantee you a lot of teams would perform a lot like Kansas City. And I know that leaves your defense out there. But to me, Kansas City is running that two-minute offense every single possession. Well, I mean, they got that back in the days with Buffalo and Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas, the K-Gun offense. The the problem I always see with those, like, hurry-up offenses like that in the old-school Oilers with Warren Moon is you become dependent on the big play. You come dependent on that 40-yard bomb or your running back that was the breaking Browns off, last a, year. Breaking the, the, off a play yeah. as opposed to driving the field. And this is this is the NFL, like, Guys do get tired. Defense need time to recover on. So if you're just trying to go out there and score at the speed of light like the Oregon Ducks did uh, back when they used to uh, do damage in college football, you're going to put your defense at a disadvantage. And you got to play what, what I forget, like the term that they use is like uh, that they use in football. But you got to have that competitive balance on both sides of the football. I get what you're saying. But when they run hurry up offense, you got to think the defense is also running some type of different defense as well. They're running that prevent, keep everything in front of you. They won't be running that same defense if that's the your base offense. Yeah, that's true, too. And, and I mean, also trying to bear in mind, I mean, this week against the Browns, our two-minute offense looked like a five-minute, 16-play drive of grinding down the field. Uh, not necessarily real fast and in a hurry, either. Um, but anyway, that was that was my take on Burrow. I just think he has that killer instinct, that tenacity that I just I don't think Andy had. So no, that, yeah, it's, that it's, that he's an upgrade from Andy Dalton. I agree with you a million yeah, and ten percent. The problem yeah, is, is they upgraded the quarterback, but they didn't upgrade the situation around the quarterback. You could put the best well, quarterback in the league on this Bengals roster. Patrick Mahomes would be running for his life. Patrick Mahomes would struggle know. in Cincinnati because know. of that roster. Period. I don't know if you're a Johnny Cash fan, but he had a great song called One Piece at a Time. And that's uh, that's where I'm at with that. That's uh, It'll come. It'll come. We just, first things first. So Nick, I hope you have a horrible night. <laughs> <laughs> See you, man. Go clowns. Go clowns. <laughs> okay, he got me, he got and that good. pissed me off pretty good. Not really, but he, he got me. That was I, I give him a lot of credit. I agree with you. He did not look good. Thank you. Thank you. He looked great. He got me. Hook, line, and sinker. Uh, David Shaw, you were in Florida. You obviously weren't watching the game. I did watch the game. and okay. yeah, You didn't have anything um, else to do. Chris Harold <laughs> says, what? Burrow looks great for never having an opportunity to play in any preseason games. How many snaps do you think he would? What? That he just, he's, he's a dog? He's a puppy. He's a puppy. Give me a break. Baker Mayfield won games, and you're defending a guy that has a QBR of 49. Baker Mayfield's at 90, and that's with going up against the best defense in the National Football League. Bengals fans, you're adorable, you're cute, and you make this show fun.
That's all that matters. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. Goodyear believes in the power of moving forward. No matter if it's on the track, the court, or the field, movement makes us want to be more. It pushes us to go further to show the world what we can do. Movement has the unique ability to change our perspective, to challenge us, to work for a better tomorrow. Movement can even bring us together when we're still. Because if we're focused on the next move, we don't have to worry about what's behind us. Goodyear. More driven. My husband, Alex Hesse, was hit by an IED in Afghanistan. I was playing man in foot patrol and I slept on the bomb. Lost my legs and left hand in the explosion. DAV helps veterans of every generation to get the benefits they've earned. To see Alex learning to snow ski, that's life-changing. With the right support, more veterans can reach victories great and small. This has meant so much. Thank you, DAV. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Justin Kenner, you're a Cowboys fan and a Browns fan. Good Lord have mercy. I don't know what the hell to do with y'all. I really don't. Back to the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. All right, and we are back. Justin Kenner, Kev Nash with you here on a Monday. I hope everybody had a great weekend. And i uh, tell you what, things are starting to feel about as normal as normal can be, considering everything going on in the world with this pandemic, this ongoing pandemic, of course, COVID-19. Still out there, but uh, again, we have high school flip on Friday nights, college flip on Saturday, NFL on Sundays. Um, I think we could at least acknowledge it. Hey, it's considering the circumstances, things are about as normal as they can be. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're moving forward, and that's all that matters right now. In the sports world, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, say what you want. I mean, I, I, I'm so happy. Kev, think back to when we were doing the show in April and May and June. The gloominess of the show and everything, the topics of just, you know, will it even be a season? I was trying not to let myself get too excited about this. I did not think there was a chance in hell we'd even get to see Browns versus Bengals at all this season. Mm-hmm. And here we are. We're already Browns-Bengals game one already in the books. Two weeks into the season. Gearing up for week three. Football's back. NBA has been crazy good in the NBA bubble. Yep. Uh, AD hit a buzzer beater last night to put the Lakers up 2-0 over the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. I've been watching a ton of basketball, a ton of football, you know. I haven't been going out, you know. People that know me know I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't been putt-putting. I haven't been to top golf. i just been in a house, and I've been consuming so much Netflix. And now that we have sports back, that's all I've been doing is watching sports. So I'm a happy camper. Absolutely, and we'll get into some NBA stuff in just a moment. LeBron James not happy that he was snubbed for the MVP for Giannis Antetokounmpo. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Real quick, we'll close up this NFL discussion. The Browns have the Washington football team coming up here for their Week 3 matchup, 1 o'clock, the kickoff coming up this Sunday. The Browns right now are a seven-point favorite uh, heading into that matchup as they welcome in Washington, and they'll, of course, have fans in the stands once again for their second home game. Uh, of the season, the Cincinnati Bengals welcome in, or uh, they're on the road, I'm sorry, at Philly, uh, a battle of 0 2 teams. Mm. Both teams looking for their first win of the season. Uh, Carson Wentz has a lot to prove right now. Uh, obviously, kind of on the hot seat a little bit. Carson Wentz, it's kind of funny for those out there, for the Bengals, the delusional Bengals fans that are telling me how good a season um, that, that Joe Burrow is having two games in. Carson Wentz is being absolutely ripped, and his numbers are better than Joe Burrow, but yet Joe Burrow is like one of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. I'm just saying, it's just 
Bengals fans are adorable. They're cute. They just they crack me up. Uh, but Bengals Eagles, two teams right now with a lot to prove heading into Week Three. Difference is the Eagles had expectations coming into the season to contend for a division title, uh, and Bengals are just improving each and every week, and that's all you can ask for at this point. Coming off of a two-win season, the Steelers have the Texans. Um, that's going to be a good time. one right now. Again, it's only a Monday. We'll keep uh, keep an eye on the lines throughout the week. They're a four-point favorite with the Texans coming into town. Um, man, when, when's that Steelers uh, Ravens? When's that first matchup of theirs? Do you know? I do not know. And that's going to be. I mean, that's gearing up to be a big one right there. Um, look, I'm a big Browns fan. I love the Browns, but we've already seen the gap between the Ravens and the Browns. It's pretty significant. So it's pretty significant. We'll see. You know, the the Browns had the the Ravens in Week One. They're going to have you know quite a bit of time to be able to you know improve each week to set up that second matchup. But again, that one will at least be in Cleveland. Interesting, nonetheless. What do you week got? Seven. Week, week seven. Week seven at Baltimore, and then they play them again in week 12 in Pittsburgh. Week 12. All right, the Broncos are 0-2 on the season. They welcome in Tom Brady and company. Tom Brady got his first win of the season as a Buccaneer this past week. He's 1-1. One one. They're on the road at Denver. How about Denver? You can talk about the injuries. I mean, they've been hit hard by injuries, too. Yeah. They are not good. That was one of your sleeper teams for this year was the Broncos. A lot of people picked the Broncos to be their sleeper team with Locke. Uh, and uh, he's locked out. 0-2, separated shoulder, I believe. That's what it was in the first quarter uh, versus Steelers yesterday. Uh, also lost uh, Sutton, big-time wide receiver. He's gone for the year. Yeah, not looking good for the Broncos early. No, definitely not. Um, some other big matchups coming up this weekend. Again, we're going to preview more of these throughout the week, but uh, just kind of getting a good eye of what Week 3 has in store. My, my, The matchup I have circled, the biggest matchup. Actually, no, there's two big matchups this weekend. Cowboys at Seattle. Mm. Um, Seattle's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. My God. Dak Prescott. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott making thirty-seven million a year right now, thirty-seven million dollars this year on the franchise tag. He's wanting that big Russell Wilson. He wants that forty, forty-two million a year. He hasn't been able to prove that he deserves it yet. He's good, but he hasn't been able to prove that he can win those big games. He definitely took a step in that right direction this past Sunday, leading that huge 20-point comeback and uh, the game-winning drive, setting up the field goal to win the game, um, uh, obviously against the Falcons. This is a big one. I would say Dak Prescott's a poor man's Russell Wilson. Uh, Dak Prescott trying to prove that, hey, I'm not a poor man's Russell Wilson. I'm that, you know, I'm that, I'm that tweener. All right, you know, I'm middle class. I'm middle class, Russell Wilson. I'm not poor man's Russell Wilson. Dak Prescott trying to prove that he's middle class, Russell Wilson. So that's that. Russell balled out last night. Five touchdown passes. Looking good. Looking real good. Looking real good. Setting up a first round exit in the playoffs like he always does. <laughs> Can't wait, man. Russell Wilson always doing, doing Russell. He got, he got, got that. No, he no, got no don't count. When you're when you're in your rookie deal and your defense wins your Super Bowl, you know now he's how good enough. It, now he's good enough win, to lead. How did the defense win them the Super Bowl? Let's run a poll. I don't think anyone will agree with you that that defense did not win them a Super Bowl. That you defense won them like a Super Bowl. like he was Trent Dilfer. He was a little bit of a notch above Trent Dilfer. Nah. QBR was about the same. Nah. Pass attempts was about the and same. Got him Tory back yardage to the was about Bowl. the same. Got him back. That was cute and adorable. They didn't balling. win. Balling. He's balling. They, he's there are a lot of guys that ball. He's a lot a of guys that ball. Joe Burrow's balling this year. <laughs> Showing off that 49 QBR. Balling! Russell ain't got no 49 QBR. No, he doesn't. He has a good QBR every year. And he's always watching other quarterbacks play in the Super Bowl every year. Saying he got his money. Good for you. Got your money. Got your money. Got your money. Uh, the reason that Dak Prescott will be set up for more success than Russell Wilson moving forward as far as playoff success goes is because Russell Wilson, Dak may not get that money. That money will be distributed elsewhere. Cowboys should work to keep Dak, but I'm going to pay Dak. 
He's pulling off stuff like he did yesterday, though. It's a different story. Packers and Saints. How about that? Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's a potential 2-0 teams, 2-2-0 teams going against against the Saints. 1-0 right now in the season. They have the Raiders coming up later tonight on Monday Night Football. New Orleans, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Drew Brees, I mean, the big-time quarterback matchups this weekend, Kev. I mean, you got Russell Wilson against Dak Prescott. You have Drew Brees going up against Aaron Rodgers. And then my favorite is this one right here. The Chiefs and Ravens, a potential Super Bowl preview. This is what people thought would be the Super Bowl last year. And I think right now the Ravens improved that roster in the offseason. I think that they've set themselves up to potentially uh, you know, take that next step. We could see Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, go head-to-head in the Super Bowl this year. How cool would that be? Get your popcorn ready. Yep. A lot of big matchups. Chiefs and Ravens, Packers, Saints, Cowboys, and Seahawks. Three really good matchups as far as that's concerned. I thought the Steelers and Texans would be a better game, but you're right. I mean, watching, uh, you know, the Texans, they get, you know, gave Watson his money, but it's not him why they're losing. It's just this team has lost more. They remind me they're the OKC Thunder of the National Football League. And they, the defense isn't there anymore. Yep, the defense is not there anymore. That edge rush with J.J. Watt isn't there anymore. The secondary isn't physical anymore. It started to deplete when they lost Clowney. You know, I know people like they think he's a little overrated, but they haven't been the same since he's left defensively. Absolutely. You know, you bring up the Clowney thing. You know, people expect an edge rusher to be like Lawrence T- Taylor back in the day with the Giants, getting 20 sacks a game, causing havoc off the edge. Uh a uh, edge rusher is more than that. A uh, edge rusher does set the edge, no pun intended, on the run game, making sure running backs can't get to the outside. And they defensive linemen do more than just get sacks. You know, so every defensive lineman isn't gonna be uh making sacks every single play. Like the clowny thing was huge. As as now you don't have to double team anybody on there to be perfectly honest you don't have to double team yeah by the J. way that's J. why the browns anymore. wanted him so bad i mean he turned down 20 mil a year to take 12 and a half or 13 mil or whatever it was to go play with tennessee uh, <laughs> uh so you know but that's why the browns really wanted that other opposite end pass rusher to compliment um you know miles garrett as far as that's concerned david shaw he still is just not happy what are you talking about wentz is not doing that much better than burrow that's my point He's not doing better than Burrow, and we are, or that he's doing a little bit better than Burrow, and we are saying he's trash this year. Burrow's doing worse than Wentz, and you guys are saying how great he's doing. That that's my point. Anyways, I'm done with the Bengals talk. Go take your joke of a team and go sit in a corner, and, and hopefully they do something. Okay, just out of here. I'm done. Done with the. You're, you're not going to convince me that Burrow with a QBR of 49 is also one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Give me a break. A lot of good matchups, though, uh, as I was talking about. 49ers without Garoppolo. Uh, that's going to be interesting moving there. Patriots, Cam Newton. Man, they were close, so close to being 2 out. They're much better than I thought they were. They're much better. Cam Newton is, man, they win nine games. He's MVP. Ooh. Because he would have, a, I mean, there's a lot of great quarterbacks, but he would do it with way less talent than everybody else. You win if Cam Newton wins the MVP in New England. How bad is that for Tom Brady? How bad is that for Tom Brady? TV, TV twelve. Yeah, Tampa, Tampa. As far as that's concerned, uh, but nonetheless. So again, a lot of big matchups. So I bring all that up to say this: head to wingam.com. A lot of big matchups in Week Three. Frickers brings us our NFL Pro Pick'em Challenge. You'll see it right there at the top of the homepage at wingam.com. Get your Week Three picks submitted. Even if you haven't submitted for Weeks One and Two, you could submit your Week Three picks. $25 in Frickers Fun Bucks goes to the weekly round winners, and all you got to do is spend a little time of submitting your picks. And, uh, yeah, everyone loves a little free moolah, free Frickers moolah, so take advantage of that. Submit your picks at wingam.com. How about Washington, though? 
I'm in Washington. I was hoping for, I mean, I was really thinking that why, this is why this stinks for Washington, because they had a chance to maybe take advantage of, you know, the Eagles taking a step mm -hmm. back. The Giants are without Saquon Barkley moving forward. They're not going to be much of a threat at all. Not that they were expected to be, but you, you, it's now definitive that they're not going to take that next big step in Daniel Jones' second year. They're out of the way. Carson Wentz and the Eagles, they've taken a massive step backwards. That opened up the door for Washington in year two of Dwayne Haskins, who was in significantly better shape than last year. Year two with Terry McLaurin, you know, they fixed that offensive line a little bit, much better defense. They drafted Chase Young. Washington has a prime opportunity here to make some noise in the NFC East, and right now they're squandering it. Again, it's only two games, but they did not look good. We'll see what happens. But they got the Browns, and the Browns need a team like Washington coming up as far as that goes. And last thing here, the Bills. Bills look really good. Yeah, buddy. We talk about Baker Mayfield. We talk about Sam Darnold. We talk about Lamar Jackson. They, they, they're rolling. Josh Allen's legit. Josh Allen is legit. I wasn't ready to call him that last uh, last year, but he has definitely taken that next step. All right, folks, that's enough NFL talk for today. Let's move forward and talk about the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds will be in action tonight. If the playoffs started today, the Reds are in the playoffs. When I left... They were three and a half games out of both the division and the vice wildcard spot. Right now, they are sitting in that second wildcard spot. Right now, the Reds are in the playoffs, and it's because the best manager in the history of baseball, David Bell, like I've been telling you, David Bell's the best manager ever. David Bell's done a fantastic job, and this team has definitely turned the corner. I'm not a big David Bell. I've not been a fan of David Bell's work with this team over the last couple of years, or last couple of, over the last couple of months, uh, but hey. The most important time to win is now, and that's what the Reds are doing. Can they keep it going tonight? We're going to talk about that. Reds fans, how satisfied are you with the job David Bell and this Reds team has done? We'll discuss that next. Baseball playoffs start tonight. Hmm? They really don't, but they do. This is fun. This is why the 60-game sprint to the finish line has been so enjoyable for me. Uh, I still think that uh, realistically, I mean, right now, there are more teams in the hunt right now uh, down the stretch than there are in any other time. And actually, this may not be like, Kev, I don't, we'll never see another 60-game season again. Okay? This was a, it won't happen again. Let's hope not. I really didn't like the expansion of the playoffs. But I really do hope they keep it. Let's be clear. You know, the two extra teams that are making it on each side, okay, like Philly and the Reds, they would be out of the, I mean, so this is how, like for the National League, for instance. Right now, the Reds, if the playoffs started today, they would have the last playoff spot. Okay, that's huge. Philly and the Reds have the same record. Basically, the Cardinals have the same record. Uh, so the Cardinals, Philly, the Reds, Milwaukee, San Francisco. That's five teams who are fighting for one spot at the end. Right. Last year, there was there was only one team fighting for that last spot to get into the playoffs. This is better. More teams is better because I just feel like there's more, you know, losers invited to the party, but at least, you know, the guest list is bigger. <laughs> so, as far as that goes, I usually don't like the expanded playoffs. I, kind, I, I see this. You look at the American League. All right, Toronto. Right now, if the playoffs started today, they'd be the eighth team in, the last team in. You know, there's some teams behind them that are fighting for it. Seattle and L.A., they're a few games out. It's not as tight as what it is here in the National League. But, look, the Indians are right there 29-24. They haven't even had Francona all year. 
Right. They, I mean, they, they've had more hurdles to overcome than pretty much any team out there. And I, I give them a lot of credit. All the Yankees have had significant injuries. A lot of teams have been hit by injuries. Injuries, lion players. Yep. Uh, the manager's got blood clots in his lungs. Sweet dude. Not a good situation. And uh, shout out to him. Hope Francona gets healthy as soon as possible. But I wouldn't expect to see him in that dugout. Oh, no. Anytime soon. Playoffs started today. Both Ohio teams are in the playoffs. That's pretty